Ladies and gentlemen, we, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is Tuesday, January 30th, 2018, day 376 of the Trump presidency, State of the Union 2.0 today. Look at this. I'm falling apart. All right. Uh, yeah, that was the uh, uh, ear, earpiece uh, for those listening. Uh, which, which, by the way, I'm thankful for the heat, uh, considering that uh, Fox... Sean Hannity on Fox News yesterday was, had his guest uh, on, on some sort of a platform in the open the air in Washington, D.C. Yeah, he, well, there was one heated seat, and he had... I saw the, I saw the interview with Kellyanne Conway. Right. Um, at, at any rate. Um, so, as, as I stated yesterday, in, in my video... All hell is about the, all hell is going to break loose this week and it is going to McCabe, Andrew McCabe, second, number two man at the FBI, first to fall. And that was yesterday. Of course, he was on, put on terminal leave, which is rather interesting given the fact that now he is able to, uh, collect his full benefits, uh, by the mid, by mid-March. But here's the thing. If the OIG and, and even the DOJ, the Office of the Inspector General and the, or, or, or Congress can push him into testifying. They still have leverage because he's still an employee of the FBI. All right. Up until the day that he departs the FBI retired. So, um, the reason I'm mentioning this is, uh, now, uh, Dan Bongino who appeared on Fox and Friends, I think this morning or last night, I don't know, it was one of the shows, mentioned this as well. And I think this is extremely important that, uh, the leverage will be lost once McCabe is no longer active duty with the FBI. Um, because right now he's still considered an employee getting money, benefits, that is, sorry, uh, kind of like accumulated time off, meaning terminal leave. So, if there's any pressure or leverage to be done, it must be done between now and mid-March when his terminal leave expires and he takes retirement. There, there are two aspects to to this, and this is why I'm mentioning this. You've got on one side, you've got the administrative leverage, and on the other side, you've got the criminal leverage. Well, obviously, it would be much much better if if uh, McCabe was forced to compelled. I shouldn't say forced, but compelled to testify in front of Congress or face termination from the FBI. All right? That's that's what we need to have done. And, and uh, Grassley's doing a marvelous job. Uh, Nunes is doing a marvelous job. The House and Senate counterparts, flip that around, the Senate and the House counterparts, the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee, exploring how the, the depth of the um, treasonous activity of the Barack Hussein Obama uh, regime and the Hillary Clinton uh, campaign, folks. I've got to tell you, I, I did. I was, I was three hours late with my show today. I was, yeah, yeah, I was wondering about this. Yeah, I was talking with a lot. Well, I, I, I spoke a lot, or listened a lot. I shouldn't say spoke a lot. I listened a lot today. 
to one individual who is very close to the um, the center of action at the FBI. And the plus, I was on with uh, coast to coast AM with George Norrie last night. McCabe again, the first domino to fall. You're going to see in the in the memo itself. You're going to see uh, Rosenstein, um, even Comey referenced, uh, and these subcontractors, including Fusion GPS. Uh, I, I I believe perhaps CrowdStrike, even mentioned or referenced, but. At the end of the day, you're going to see a lot of people, and we're already seeing a lot of people lowering up, getting lawyers, um, because they are facing, I, I, I truly believe they're, they're facing criminal charges or could be facing criminal charges as this plays out. Do not discount the effectiveness of the Office of the Inspector General in this case. Um, do not discount the, now that Nunes has really pushed the envelope and there's blood in the water. Don't discount Nunes in the House Intelligence Committee their effectiveness to to um, go after the treasonous activities of people within the top tier of the FBI. And by the way, we collectively and, and everyone says this. Everyone with with a brain says this. Look, we are on the side of law and order. We are on the side of the rank and file members of the FBI. We get the we get the fact that. They're putting their lives on the line every day. It's not them. It's the upper tier. It's the politicians within these intelligence agencies, not the workers. So all of this to say that um, uh, what we're about to see tonight, the State of the Union, and I'm going to throw this open to Joe here just in just a second. Tonight, the State of the Union address, we're going to be covering the, the uh, from, from 9 o'clock forward. Stay with us because this is extremely important. And I'm wondering if there's going to be any reference whatsoever, not necessarily to the four-page executive summary of the FISA memo, but if there's going to be any reference to the activities that we saw over the past year and the um, really uh, laying bare the fake news, which is the mockingbird media, my new term, our new term perhaps, um, uh, for the mainstream media. And how all of these puzzle pieces, and there's so many of these pieces. Just imagine taking a thousand piece puzzle, putting it in a garb, in a, or in a brown paper bag, and dumping it on a table. Or, or mixing up the puzzle. Take five different puzzles, five different one thousand piece puzzles, throwing all, throw, throwing them all in a garb, or in a, a brown paper bag, and dumping them on the table and saying, okay, put the, and, and not having any boxes, any pictures to go by. And, and say, okay, put them together. Because that, in effect, is what we're doing. We are putting together various puzzle, puzzles. And we have to identify the, each piece with the, with the puzzle to which it belongs. And then putting those uh, puzzles together. And when we get done, we're going to have one long or one large, uh, panoramic, panoramic, uh, uh, scope of the, uh, of, of the events of the last, really the last 18 months, 24 months. Lastly, um, for information about this, I am preparing, and I, I look, I don't know if I can get this done in time, but uh, working overtime, I'm preparing to have a report of investigation, whether that comes out in the form of a book, I don't know. 
of everything that we've talked about, kind of a step-by-step report of investigation that could be I could hand to you for your consumption by the conference in April, Occupy 2018 in April, and that is, uh, I believe that's Paul Begley or, or uh, Dave Dobmeyer's conference in uh, Ohio. This is what I'm shooting for. Because once you understand what's going on, you know, everything else will make complete sense. And you'll say, wow, you know, this really, um, this is the biggest scandal of our lifetime. And, and I really mean that. And uh, I, I should mention this, an interesting development, explosive even, according to Catherine Herridge from Fox News, uh, after Chairman Nunes personally took FBI Director Crystal Ray to view the Intel memo on Sunday night. And prior to the House Intel Committee vote to release a memo on Monday, Christopher Wray sent a Maine Justice official and a counterintelligence official to view the content of the four-page FISA document. Now, according to her report, those officials could not point to any factual inaccuracies. In other words, this is all true. There's nothing biased about this. This is all based on factual accuracies. And the um, some information on the the memo that Adam Schiff said he put together, uh, the Democratic memo, uh, apparently, which he did not even submit to the committee and then complained that it was not made public, which he didn't even make it public to the committee, uh, is Trey Gotti said that he's going to end up with egg on his face, as he is mentioned in the memo about how he went to court to try to help Fusion GPS hide their bank records. That's Adam Schiff. That's right. And also that the Democratic memo was nothing more, uh, this per Hannity show, uh, just when I got to the studio in the driveway about to get out of the car, I heard them say that this Democratic memo is nothing more than the uh, eighth grade equivalent of a press release with a (laughs) counter-narrative that had nothing about the underlying facts and and issues that are being dealt with on the in the actual FISA memo. So that's well, interesting. Well, do we even know that memo, that counter memo exists? Well, that's what was said. Uh, no, we don't. We don't know it's, it really exists. But uh, some people who apparently have looked at it says that it's just a just a press release. And we're going to talk about the media reaction to the uh, voting to release this memo. Senator Cory Booker said it would be equal to treason if the memo is made public. So. The people who are exposing the treasonous people are going to be guilty of treason in his mind to release this memo. We have a reaction from Nancy Pelosi, Tom Brokaw, uh, Joe Scarborough about the uh, what they're saying about this FISA memo. And then, uh, and it's crazy, as the uh, doubling, tripling down on the uh, Trump-Russia investigation, CNN and MSNBC today uh, both went, you know, off the deep end as they continue to, you know, play clips now of, of Nixon and, and Watergate scandals and compare that to the Trump-Russia scandal. Uh, and the only comparison, well, there, there is no comparison. No, there's not. Yeah, no, yeah. But we're going to talk about this a little bit later. And, uh, and again, my, my, uh, my radio show was delayed. Uh, I had to delay it because of the contacts and such. It's, uh, it's available. Of course, Doug Hagman radio show. If you go to hagmanreport.com, click on the, the two shows and my show, the archive is there. I'd listen to it if, uh, if I were you. It, it, it's kind of more of an ethereal, um, uh, summary of what's, what's taking place. Um, but, but, you know, the, the Nixon comparisons, it's ridiculous because this, Transcend, or this is exponentially much greater than 
than Watergate could ever be. And um, we are seeing uh, the weaponization, as, as we have talked about. Uh, I mean, consider this. Uh, Perkins Coy, the, the law firm that 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 hired Christopher Steele and others uh getting paid by uh, by um Hillary Clinton and and on my show this morning I, I did you know that uh Perkins Coy um was actually paid $972,000 by Obama for America yeah, I think you went over this in the in the past, but man, that I have not, the again, I, is not I, something I've followed at all. I have not. Um, wow, to me, it's just another, you know, company full of, uh, you know, the, these progressive, anti-American people who well, are working. It's with a law firm, though. Yeah, no, I know, I know what it is, but I, it's not something that it's not one of the uh, lines of the investigation and the story that I've really been following. Well, it, it's just amazing when you when you start following the money trails, how Perkins Coy figures prominently into into this, and they're taking money from Clinton, from Obama, from the from the DNC, funneling it to Fusion GPS, who then fuzzle, funnels it to, to Steele, all to spy on Obama and to cover all of this, uh, create this Russian narrative, um, this Russian. Backstory that that uh, Donald Trump was uh, was colluding with the Russians, when in fact it's the other way around. When you go back to Uranium One, and the other thing too, I mentioned, and I just want to drive this point home tonight, in case you, you haven't had a chance to to to, to listen, um, is the fact that the email, the emails, the email scandal, as as it is called, um, part of the Finds, um, and again, Bongino had uh, had made reference to this. Part of the finds on the Wiener laptop. Think about this: when you talk about top secret uh, compartmentalized access um, documents, what are you referring to specifically? So, what are you referring to when you when you when you're talking about the um, compartmentalized information? It's information that if it's um, we we can use just well if it's to the White House, uh, let's say it's uh, compartmentalized to the White House. You actually have to go to the White House, okay? If it's to um, Joe's office, you actually have to go to Joe's office. It's not available through any intranet, internet, or database. You can't access it from where you're at. You've got to physically go there, and once there. In order to, uh, to, to secure that information, you either have to memorize it or write it down. Generally speaking, they don't allow you to take notes. If you've ever been an investigator in the private sector, if you're looking at a police report, there are oftentimes where you could look at a police report, but you can't take notes. Alright? There are occasions like that. And you, and you cannot copy it. Well, this is kind of the same way. So, I, um, and the importance there is, some of those, uh, some of the information, the compartmentalized information, is speculated to be, well, not I won't even say speculated. Was reported to have been found on Wiener's laptop, and how did it get there? That's the question. How did top secret special access compartmentalized well, we information get on Wiener's laptop? Huma forwarded all the emails to. But how did it get from? 
she forwarded it to her husband's computer. Right. In order to uh, be able to access it when she wasn't around her own. But, again, how did they get from, we'll say, the White House or Joe's office or John's office to the to the actual computer? How did how'd that happen? I Am I interrupting it. something? No, no. I was just blocking some telemarketer that keeps calling my phone. Okay. Well, so here, if I send yeah, it, hand me the phone. I'll, I'll take care of it. Yeah, I know you will. So, okay, but back to the memo. I mean, we, we know that the Anthony Weiner's computer has been in the custody of the FBI for a while now. They're not going to release anything that's that's on there. Uh, oh, there's oh, been speculation oh, I, I, about the no, insurance no. file, and Anthony Weiner is gonna, guilty. He's in jail now. Um I don't know. I'd be surprised if we do see it. You know, we heard during the uh, end of last year, or maybe now, the, around the time of the presidential election, when, when the story of Anthony Weiner's computer broke, you know, we heard that the NYPD was sickened by what they saw on the computer pertaining to Hillary Clinton, and there was a video and, and all this and stuff was going to be made public, and it was going to be leaked by the NYPD. And Okay, but, but, but yeah, nothing. But you have to understand there's only a handful of people in NYPD task force that have access to the information that did make copies, but if you leak it, it would be like this office right now or everyone in the studio right now. There's a handful of people in the studio right now. Right, right you'd be able to find out. Hey, believe me, you're going to know. And that person would be... So, um, now, I do believe in addition to the 650 or, or among the 650,000 emails, in addition to the uh, top secret special compartmentalized information, that was on, that was found on Wiener's laptop, uh, as well as other devices and that no one's talking about the, the router, the, um, um, the, the IP address is captured by the router, as well as the other devices, including a desktop that was there. In addition to that, you're going to find, uh, portions of, or perhaps the bulk of the 33,000 deleted emails of Clinton, but also and equally important, uh, if not more important, you're going to find evidence of the Epstein connection to Epstein and the Pedagate. And by the way, to, to, to the people who are, to, to the, um, so-called conservative Christians out there, and I, and I'm picking on you because you should know better. I, I expect this from the progressives, but to say that, you know, we, for example, are picking, uh, 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 propagating this fake Pedagate, Pedagate story. What's wrong with you? You know, so anyway, so, so we're, we're, you know, when we get the back of that level, we're over the target. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out, the number of things, and also the fact that, uh, Catherine Harridge is reporting that, uh, you know, two senior, two senior FBI officials who had now reviewed that, that, uh, memo, abuses of government surveillance programs during the 2016 campaign, uh, said that, hey, there's nothing inaccurate about it. And the left has another opinion. Uh, we saw an, so many talking heads in the media and uh, from the Democratic side in the Senate and in the House come out and uh, say a number of just strange things. First, Nancy Pelosi was did an interview with Chris Cuomo. The full interview is about 21 minutes. You can go on YouTube and find that. But there are different snippets across the net of clips of this. And I really like to play it. I know we, we, we're not going to do that. But uh, I would urge everybody to watch it. And some of the the exchanges, uh, Chris Cuomo actually kind of played the devil's advocate, coming at this from the other side, asking Nancy Pelosi questions 
about the memo. And she gave a number of different answers. And I don't have my notes from The Daily Show here. But in some of the exchanges, uh, Chris Cuomo said, Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, selected by President Trump, he got the memo. He could have come out and said, this is reckless, don't release it. Nancy Pelosi says in response, let me just say this with all due respect, you really don't know what you're talking about right now. And Cuomo said, you know, if this is, uh, the right wants us out so bad, uh, what's going to happen when it's released? And, and Nancy Pelosi says, it's a lie, it's a lie. And then she goes on some drivel about how it's going to affect national security and sources and methods. Well, which is it, Nancy Pelosi? If it's a lie, how can it affect national security? How could it affect anything if it's made up, if it's just, as you say, a, bu- a series of talking points fabricated by Devin Nunez? She didn't even call him Devin Nunez. She called him Dennis Nunez in the interview. But it was just so funny Close to watch. Enough. Yeah. It was just so funny to watch. Uh, it, she just, people say she looked scared or sounded like she, uh, uh, was just, you know, attempting to do what all these other people have done, which is come out and try to put out a, the, a narrative. The, the Adam Schiff look. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Adam Schiff look. And we can get into that later, but, man, he's got a creepy stare to him. We have uh, MSNBC and Joe Scarborough said it was just partisan political bias. That's all this memo was. And what's so interesting are all these people are coming out and talking down about this memo, saying how it's a lie, it's a, it's treasonous to be released, Nobody should pay attention to it. Already putting down the contents of the memo when they themselves have not even read it. They don't know what's in the memo. We've all, all last week since we've been talking about the memo, have speculated about what's in it. But I'd say we've been about 100% accurate in that department. Uh, and now, now that the House Intelligence Committee voted to release it, and it will be released, we will see exactly uh, what is in this. And I think the two things that are important, one, was the dossier taken out of context, put into the appearance of intelligence reports by U.S. intelligence agencies, then used to obtain the warrants against the Trump campaign. Ding, 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 ding. And was there any other information aside from the dossier that was used? Those are the two things that I'm really looking for. And I know there's a lot more in there, but it'll be really interesting to see. And while all this is going on, while you have the uh, people being paraded out in front of the TVs to denounce what the contents of the memo, most of whom have never even seen what is in it, you have the other side of this with CNN and MSNBC doubling down on their Trump-Russia coverage, doubling down on you know the Mueller investigation, where even Tom Brokaw has declared that the White House and the tactics of the White House and this Trump-Russia investigation is starting to turn into Watergate completely ignoring the corruption on the other side, completely ignoring the conspiracy in the FBI and DOJ to subvert an elected president, to to hinder him from being elected, than to subvert him if he did win. And what Tom Brokaw said is, is the following. It is clear to me that the White House is trying to create an alternate reality, is how I would describe it. Take a look at this. You're going to have to give as much credence to this as what Mr. Mueller will be able to find out. This is, in my judgment, a good sign that they want to release an FBI report. They want the public to take a look at it without any context whatsoever. And what does this mean for future investigations? So these people are all confused. They're all over the place. From calling it a lie, a partisan memo, to calling it a threat to national security, to calling it treasonous. And Nancy Pelosi, one of the things she also said was in the interview, the American people have their own jobs. 
they're not going to be able to understand the context of this memo. What an insult, huh? Absolutely. And You're too our audience... We're too stupid. We, we collectively are too stupid. I have no doubt when the memo is released, just that everybody in our audience who reads it will will soon understand exactly the context of what is inside of it. You know what, Joe? I think 50, 50, I just think 50% of the people out there are not going to understand it, and I think the other 50% are going to say, oh, it's pretty much what we expected. And I know we're up against a break here shortly. Go ahead. No, that was, I don't know where that sound came from, from the computers, but uh, it, it'll be really interesting to see if there, there's a, a call uh, by some representatives for Trump to release the memo or read it during the State of the Union. Now, this is pretty interesting. This is from the Gateway Pundit, and it uh, says the following. The House Intelligence Committee voted Monday to release the committee's classified FISA memo. The vote was along party lines. Not a single Democrat voted for transparency on Monday. Representative Matt Goetz called on President Trump to release the FISA memo during the State of the Union address. And he says, I'm I'm calling for President Trump to release the memo tonight during the State of the Union so the American people can finally know the truth. And what was interesting about this is that and he says, retweet this if you agree with me. And it got retweeted by Donald Trump Jr. Mm-hmm. So is that a, a teaser as to um, this memo might be released tonight during the State of the Union? Uh, a number of reporters are reporting that it could be released immediately after the speech or as that early way. as next morning when um, after the president does his, his morning routine. But either way. I don't want to wait till next Monday to see the memo. No, I don't the think American we will. people shouldn't have to wait till next Monday to no, see the memo. No, I, I think, personally, I think it'll come out after the State of the Union. I think maybe a reference or two might be included in the uh, State of the Union. Maybe. I'd be surprised if there was anything more than that, Joe. I, I really would. Maybe. I don't know. I know we're up against the break, but what I want to talk about is, should the president present this to the American people, or should it be released and let the people figure it out for themselves, or is this a good opportunity? I know he shouldn't politicize it. No, no, no. But if this can vindicate him in many ways, is it smart for him to say, uh, you know, to address the American people about the contents of the memo, or should it be released and he let the um, public opinion and whatnot decide uh, how this is looked at and how damaging this could be? We'll talk about that on the other side. And also, other news, we have... Um, a judge released a bunch of Las Vegas Police Department records showing that there's a second suspect that has been wanted since the days after the shooting. We're going to talk about that. Also, the personnel, the, the employee of the Hawaii Emergency Management who mistakenly sent out the alert has been fired along with the head. Did you, did you see what we're, we're he, Yeah, he, we're going to talk about this. But he, he actually thought that there was a... Yep. Okay. I don't buy it, though. Right. We'll talk about this when we come back. You're listening to this edition of the Hagman Report. The Hagman Report on this 30th day of January, the State of the Union at 9 p.m. Eastern. Donald Trump giving State of the Union 2.0. I'm sure it's going to be talking a lot about the economic upgrades. By the way, I want to thank Eric the Tech for the sound uh, uh, modulation, and, and uh, I'm sure the people listening to this via Global Star and BTR, my goodness, how, how much the sound is, the sound, the quality of the sound is much better, and it makes it for a 
a more pleasant listening experience. I've got to tell you. Um, so it's it's because of you who support our show. By the way, thank you so much for doing so. And for the supporters, don't forget Sunday, we'll have a campfire meeting, um, a kitchen uh, cabinet meeting, shall we say, uh, for those people who uh, have uh, supported us via Patreon. Don't forget about that. That's coming this Sunday. We invite those people who uh, who who have contributed to to our our cause and allowed us to get to the point where we're at to come sit with us and we'll just have a chat. We'll talk. We'll uh, we're just going to let our hair down and and uh, t- talk. Get your input on things. And that's this Sunday at 7 p.m. You'll get a notice, uh, email notice, uh, notice via email about a half hour before with a link. And that'll, it's, it's, it's open. You'll see both Joe and I, and hopefully John and Eric might even be there, uh, Sunday to, uh, we'll just sit back and we'll talk. We'll have a conversation. It'll be fun. And if you, if you want to join us, uh, Patreon, uh, just go to our homepage and, and select Patreon. By the way, the forum that we have created, we are going to be giving that a lot of love in the, in the coming days. We have to, one thing I've been wanting to do is all of the source documents that, that I've got. And this is a job. And I think uh, I'm going to enlist Jackie to help me on this is to upload all the source documents for those people who want to grab the actual raw intelligence, the raw investigative documents, uh, via our forum. And again, our forum is, it's a closed forum. And the reason we do that is it's for the people who again who have supported us but the reason we have to do this is because of the uh potential damage by people who really want to see us taken down and taken out and there are people like that um so that's that also i would urge everyone everyone to listen or to view uh tracy beans um who was uh uh is she coming on or was she on Okay, John, the producer, Thursday. It's tomorrow. No. No. Day after tomorrow. I don't know what day this is. Sorry, um, John thought it was Wednesday. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it, for some you know how days have a feel to them. It's like, uh, uh anyway. And, and that's because I was on late with, uh, Coast to Coast AM with George and Ori, and it just kind of, that just screws me up, let me tell you, no end. All right. Uh, but watch Tracy Beans, who's going to be on with us this week. Watch her latest videos, especially about Duchifer 2.0 and about the Horowitz um, video, uh, her explanation there. Critical information, good investigative information, lays out a, 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 a tremendous pattern that um, is integral to what we're talking about. Also, hey, send an email to Dr. Ted Brower. Okay, go to healthmasters.com and send an email to Dr. Ted Brower. You know what you guys, I have to tell you something. He developed this new product. It's called Attention Factor. And I'm not getting paid to say this. This is just me. Attention Factor. You know, I've taken supplements and then I've taken supplements. One of the best supplements I've taken is, is a product that's not even out yet. It's called Attention Factor. And that has made such a difference for me personally and again I'm not getting paid to say this but just bug him send him an email say when's this going to be out attention factor I heard Doug talking about this and I'm serious you'll be first online to to get the uh, get the product when it comes out you've got to try this this is a fantastic 
formula that really kind of allows you to um, to zero in. I don't know what it does or how it does it, but it it provides mental clarity. At least for me, it does. And uh, I can hear people out there saying, "Well, it's not a very long journey for you to you know to get you to, or maybe it is a long journey for you to get the mental clarity." But nonetheless, it, it's an amazing product. And it's called Attention Factor. You can send Ted Brower an email, say, "Hey, let me know when it's out first. And um, that's fabulous. Also, simplysafe.com slash Hagman, simplysafe.com slash Hagman. Folks, don't forget about our, our sponsors, simplysafe.com slash Hagman. So excited to have them on board, and they take care of our security for our homes, our families, uh, our office, our studio. It is the best security system in, in America, simplysafe.com slash Hagman. Occupy 2018. Let's go to CoachDaveLive.com, register for Occupy 2018, because it will be at that event. I believe that, that we're all going to be there, Joe and John and myself. And uh, what we are going to deliver to you is has been refined and re-refined, and it is solid, I mean, with a laser-like focus. I, I can't wait for that. And I'm not a big conference kind of guy. So Occupy 2018, that's in April. And uh, just go to Coach Dave Live and register for that. Do it because the seats apparently are filling up very quickly. And it's very limited. It's it's a very small venue. So, and, and for those people watching on YouTube, there it is, Occupy 2018 conference. So I think I've... I think I've checked them, checked them all off there. And again, thank you for, uh, thank you to Eric the Tech for all of his sound work. And thank you, the supporters of this program, for allowing us to sound better than actually we do sound in real life. So, Joe, I'm going to toss it back to you. Oh, but Kate Daly coming at the top of the hour. And then, of course, the State of the Union address. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, a number of things. One, tonight is, uh, well, tonight, this morning, tomorrow morning, is going to be the first super blue blood moon since 1866 and i was just looking at a few maps here to see when uh the totality of this lunar eclipse will be over north america and it uh anywhere from the west coast seattle starting at 4:51 a.m. to dc starting at 7:51 a.m. and it's a super blood super blue blood moon eclipse that has not been visible in north america for over 150 years I think uh, the Civil War was ongoing last time we had one of these. And it's a very rare total lunar eclipse. And uh, it combines three lunar phenomenons, a supermoon, a blue moon, and a blood moon, which is uh, pretty cool. We just had the uh, solar eclipse come across the United States just last year, and now we are having this uh, blood moon. So I don't know how many people will be out or be able to see it, but definitely something to keep your eye on. Now, uh, back to news, a few things I mentioned. One, out of Las Vegas, this is very interesting. Document shows police ID'd second person of interest in days after the Las Vegas shooting. And this guy's name has some uh, historical significance, as we were talking about uh, behind the scenes here. A judge on Tuesday unsealed nearly 300 pages of search warrant records, including one document that publicly identified for the first time, an additional person of interest in the October 1st massacre. Under the investigation, until the investigation can rule otherwise, Mary Lou Danley and a man named Douglas Haig have become persons of interest who may be 
uh, who may have conspired with Paddock to commit murder with a deadly weapon. Now, uh, Paddock's girlfriend was initially named a person of interest. We know her fingerprints were on a number of the bullets that were used. And Haig, whose name has not been previously released, they tried to reach him for comment. Apparently, they have not talked to him yet. So this is a very interesting development we've heard for okay, a long time. Okay, tell me more about this. Okay. The, the, I'm not sure exactly who sued, if this was the suit by, um, some of the media companies to get okay. information released, but a judge unsealed 300 pages of the search warrant records today. Right. No, no, this is in addition to what they already unsealed. Yes. Okay. Now, um, this shows that the Las Vegas Police Department had a person of interest who they believe conspired with Stephen Paddock, named Douglas Haig. And this article says he was not able for to be reached for immediate contact, but we know that Sheriff Lombardo said uh, there was only one shooter, but somehow this guy is involved. Could this be one of the people that were emailing Paddock about the uh, availability of weapons and whatnot? The FBI spokesman would not comment on this either. So, um, during the January 20th update on the shooting investigation, Sheriff Lombardo noted the FBI has an open investigation into an unnamed person of interest, though he repeatedly said Paddock was the only shooter. Lombardo said he did not anticipate Mary Lou Danley well, facing okay, criminal charges. Okay, wait a second, and, and that's an important distinction. You could have search warrants for co-conspirators, you could mm-hmm. have search warrants for uh, arms suppliers or, or ammunition suppliers, or for any number of reasons. Um, so... It's, he's not saying that this person was involved in the actual event, but perhaps supportive of the, of the, of the event in some way. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he was, okay. dev, they believe he was involved in some way and knew what was going to happen and even aided Haddock, uh, in the carrying out of that plan. Now, we know that, uh, Sheriff Lombardo and the Las Vegas Police Department expects a report on the shooting to be released by October of this year, but it'll be really interesting to see where because there's not much information about this other person of interest, this Douglas Haig, who was a um, famous... Douglas Haig is the name of a famous World War One British general. And what was he known as, John? Haig the Butcher? As he, the the Butcher's Bill. Butcher's Bill. Bill. Yeah. Which is... Uh, it's pretty interesting. He he was... Uh, Oversaw the deadly, one of the deadliest battles in World War One. So, so it could be a, a pseudonym of, uh, I mean, he could be using a fake, fake name as what? I don't know. I haven't been able to find a lot of information on this, so well, we're going to continue. Okay. To... It, uh, the, okay. And, and here's what I think people should do. We, are, are the, uh, uh, actual search warrants, the papers that were released? I haven't dug that far. Okay. What we need to do, and, and I would appoint any one of you out there listening, uh, when you find the repository of this information, download those and let's go through them. I mean, let's go through each one of these documents because, um, I mean, just from my, my experience, you know, when, when search warrants are, when you, when you apply for a search warrant, you know, you type it up, the police officer types it up, at least this is how it used to be. Um, they'll take a form just a typical search warrant form, and then they'll fill in the blanks and type up in the body that the reason for the warrant and get the judge to sign off uh, uh, sign off on it. This would be extremely helpful if we had that raw intelligence. From there, we could extrapolate additional uh, points of investigation. So that's good. Let's. Uh, but I would appoint uh, or ask anyone out there to to uh, to find the repos the repository of documents 
send it to studio at Hagman and Hagman.com. Yeah. Where we can find that. Okay. And, uh, I and do we'll, plan to we'll go through that. Okay. I just, uh, when this came out today, I didn't have time to, uh, dig through for the information and, and for the other papers, but obviously there's going to be a lot more on this, um, in the coming days. And I saw a local Las Vegas Channel 5 report that showcased Laura Loomer's video of accessing the service elevator and going up to the 32nd floor a number of times. That was played on that local station as they were asking the MGM why the security has not been increased as they said they would. So obviously something we're going to continue to follow. Now, another piece of information here that's pretty interesting. Hawaii's false missile alert sent by troubled worker who thought an attack was imminent, according to officials, has been fired. The Hawaii employee who sent out the false alarm warning of the incoming missile attack said he misunderstood that a drill was underway and believed that a ballistic missile had actually been fired at the state. Now, I'll just, instead of reading this article from the Washington Post, I'll give you a brief synopsis of it and tell you my feelings. I don't buy this story at all either. It's uh, very confusing. Long story short, there was apparently a drill that was conducted, a surprise drill, having, having something to do with the night shift and the day shift at this uh, Hawaii emergency alert agency. Now, the investigation showed that they believe, the employee believed there was a real threat, that it wasn't a drill. But what was it that he was alerted to that made him believe that a real threat was incoming? Well, according to this report, there was a drill that um, had some audible message that went out that included the phrase phrases, exercise, exercise, exercise. And also, this is not a drill. And also, incoming ballistic missile. The article goes on to explain how the employee didn't hear this is an exercise part and only heard this is not a drill. Hate that when that happens. And even uh, with the safeguards in place, was able to get the message out that a missile was incoming. Now, that should not have been able to happen. And that's not the only thing that's going on. There is another report that shows that the head of the agency has resigned, as well as the employee under him, been fired. That according to HawaiiNewsNow.com. But again, I don't buy the story that it was some mock drill where the guy only got a a partial earshot of the um, message that was given out as the drill was unfolding and confusing him for real-world events. It does not ring true to me. It does not make sense to me. Especially what about the other people who were around him as this drill was ongoing, as he's freaking out. Sending That's a good this message. point. You know, they're not stopping him. Very and these safeguards still don't work, which... You'd you think he'd say, hey, hell, um, uh, hey, hey, Fred, did you hear about the incoming? I mean, we, we got an incoming uh, ICBM. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do for lunch today? Uh, I mean, really. Well, there was five other employees who were working at the time who knew the drill wasn't real, according to these reports. Like in the same room with this guy. So right, right, he's right. the only one that, that, that didn't figure it out and went to the great lengths to send out a message that went unchecked for 38 minutes that a missile was incoming. He was too busy kind of doing that yoga exercise where he's kissing his behind um, so, no, I, and remember, it doesn't make sense, does it? The employee's name has never been released. Right. Just last week, I think it was the, the beginning of last week, we reported that he refused to talk to the FCC and other investigators about what happened. 
And now we learn that he's fired. And also the head of the agency, who was the, the main boss over him, has also stepped down. Yeah, so I don't believe the story. There's something else going on here. I don't think we'll really get the full story well, from the officials. But Yeah, you would think, uh, I mean, all of these stories so far, everyone that we heard that you've pointed out, and you've, you've pointed out how many scenarios in the last several days, probably as many, probably five or six. And they, None make sense. And this article from HawaiiNewsNow.com is, is more in-depth than the Washington Post, which says that the employee who sent the alert, according to a retired gen, uh, brigadier general, says that this employee, throughout an internal investigation, has a history of confusing drills in real-world now, now, how, okay. He's been there for 10 years. Wait, wait, Throughout wait. the 10 years, there have been three indications that have been. Imagine that employee re- review, Joe. Uh, this employee has a history of mistaking real life or drills for real life events. That's what this says. That throughout his 10 years, he confused drills at least two other times. Uh, Never sent out a missile. One, one, one would think. <laughs> Boy, that, that's a deal breaker in a, in a, in a performance review, one would think, but wouldn't it? So, but he's never sent on a, a real alert. Right. He's, and they, they go on to say it's a, uh, uh, evidence suggests insufficient management controls, poor computer software design, and other human factors contributed to the real world ballistic missile threat or alert that went out, according to the FCC investigation. So, man. again, just a very strange story all the way around, but uh, at least the yeah. person who was responsible and created all this is no longer well okay could it be and i'm just tossing this out there could it have been uh maybe a real life incoming here it comes and, and this guy you know out the ready maybe i feel a, bad if i mean if he was just doing his job thinking it was a real threat not thinking let's take it a step further think out of the box could it have been uh maybe maybe North Korea got you know felt froggy and decided to launch one off at Hawaii and and, mm, and okay now now my question would be in this case some people believe that okay but my question would be don't you think that someone would have noticed you know the yeah or yeah. in a there's, boom um you know yeah there's many think? systems and alerts that are out there that would uh, yeah you there there would be bells and whistles going off at a number of places uh, across the the government spectrum. And my goodness, I hope so. Yeah. So uh, I don't. I mean, my phone never rang. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's just such a weird story, and who knows uh, what the real. And, and the by the way, reason. I've got we've got state of the art communications. My phone never rang. <laughs> okay, it, it, for those watching on YouTube, my phone never rang. See, state of the art. This is the red black phone. This is. Yeah, oh, do, yeah. The, do the sound. Okay, here. You know, sadly, a lot of a lot of the younger generation never heard this sound before. Took forever to dial seven numbers on that thing. No, but in all right. seriousness, we only have a few minutes left. So hey, gears by, by the way, I'm going to be on uh, Infowars uh, this Friday, Friday at two o'clock. I saw that. That's uh, that's good. Hopefully, that memo will be out by then. Um, We've seen in, in the last few days from the Grammys to Nancy Pelosi saying Trump's immigration deal was going to make America white again. How many people saw uh, the Michael Moore, uh, what Michael Moore said? Now, uh, this is kind of relevant because what was said by Michael Moore was done at the quote-unquote People's State of the Union in anticipation of President Trump's State of the Union. Michael Moore and a number of other uh, celebrities 
got together to address themselves at this People's State of the Union in New York. But what Michael Moore said is something that we've been hearing a lot of recently that has me very concerned, and it has other people concerned too. Far-left filmmaker Michael Moore, while giving an address at the People's State of the Union event in Manhattan, went on to say that it is white male privilege that is ruining this country. And that one, with the only way we rid ourselves, we have to rid ourselves of Trump, we have to rid America of white male privilege, which he believes will happen about 2050, when whites will become the minority. And he says he can't wait for that day to happen. I hope I live that long. I hope I live long enough to see it because it will be a better country. Have you seen Michael Moore? <laughs> He's not going to live to 2050 uh, in that year. What's the line bet, or what are the odds? What's the over-under on that, uh, whether he sees 2050? But uh, Michael Savage made the argument, putting up some French writer from the late 1800s about, and the French writers, uh, he believed, that led to the anti-Jewish sentiment in Europe that led to the Holocaust, and he made the argument that this is the same kind of behavior, um, this this genocidal, uh, self-hating, uh, liberal disorder, liberal mental disorder that we see, where it's okay to celebrate, every, anybody's allowed to celebrate their heritage and their culture, except if you're white. Then you have to hate yourself and uh, be very public about it. But you, you know, if does you, this you, gonna lead, if, is this going to lead to some kind of cultural... Genocide was the question, and I, I hadn't yeah. thought about that before. Definitely a suicidal. Uh, well, I, 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 I don't know about but, suicide, but, but you know, if you're from if you're from Germany, you should be proud of your heritage. You should, if you're from Latin America, you should be proud of your heritage. Everyone should be proud, but most importantly, when you come to America, you should be proud to be an American. Simple as that. Regardless of your heritage and your background, all of us should be proud to be an American, don't you think? Absolutely, yeah. Well, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Latino, whatever your whatever your race is, it doesn't matter. Country, be proud proud of uh, your own heritage, no matter what country you're in. It's it's common sense, but um, I guess the question is: I I said all that to say, is this uh, some kind of trending fad that will go away sooner than later, or are we going to see more white people? getting up there and telling everybody and lecturing everybody on how being white is bad. I just can't see these. Who listens to these people? Yeah. I mean, these people hate themselves, and they have no respect for themselves. Who is going to listen to somebody? And, and like Michael that? Moore, last time I checked, is white. He, exactly. Nancy Pelosi's white. All these people who, even the guy who hosted the Grammys, uh, apologized for his whiteness, uh, <sighs> you know, at, at the very beginning. And wow. This is what I'm talking about. Is this just the trend, you know, in in uh, liberal insanity, or do we expect to see this uh, this trend continue? These people to continue. God, God does not make any junk, you know. Just think about that. God doesn't make any junk. If you're white, brown, black, purple, red, it doesn't matter. He doesn't make any junk. And if you're white, you should be proud to be white. Uh, if you're black, you should be proud. Uh, I guess, it, it, really, it shouldn't even matter. You, you, to me, I, and I mean this, I, color to me does not matter. Race doesn't matter. It's it's the integrity. So it's, it's what's on the inside. And I know that sounds rather sappy, right? 
No, I'm just messing with you. No, no it's the way it should be. If, if, uh, I made my eyes real big like Adam Schiff's. <laughs> yeah, too bad that mic wasn't hot. No, 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 but 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 seriously, people like Michael Moore obviously playing into the into the, uh, the social divide that uh, the globalists want to. Uh, they, they just want to see us suffer. Um, they, they want to enforce this 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 divide among the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it's on on economic lines or social or racial. How funny is it? it is. You know, the the People's State of the Union, where these uh, self hating celebrities get up and lecture the rest of uh, Americans on how we should believe because of this, this is the right way that they believe, and this is the same people. You know, the people these people who are being propped up as being morally superior, like Jay Z, being touted around on Van Jones on CNN as some upstanding citizen and even after the interview other commentators said well it's president trump who's acting like the rapper and jay-z who's acting presidential jay-z has a number of songs where he talks about his love of satan and his hatred of jesus and this is the moral authority of, of who should be lecturing us as, as uh, on morality and the morality of he the actually president. said that oh yeah he has a numerous songs one of them uh, one of the lyrics from one of his songs is jesus can't save you life starts when the church ends He has a song called Lucifer. He said many other things that are much more demeaning to Christians uh, outside of music. And this is the guy who, you know, the Hollywood and the media is promoting as some kind of uh, moral authority. It's really disgusting. But this is what they do best. So I'm sure we haven't seen the end of it. As long as Trump's in office, um, these people seem to just go insane trying to make him look bad and in the process only destroying themselves. So hopefully that trend does continue. When we come back, Kate Daly of the Kate Daly Show is going to be with us. And awesome she's a, a great radio show host who has an awesome radio show that we have been on uh, before. And she's going to come on and, and shed some clarity on all the things that are going on ahead of the State of the Union, which we'll be playing in Hour 3. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Report on this thirtieth uh, day of January, twenty eighteen. Just a couple more days than February, than Valentine's Day. Make sure you get your honey something uh, sweet for Valentine's Day, if that's what you do. Of course, take care of your, uh, take care of the people that you love. You know, it's it's amazing because, uh, Joe, you've got a note over there. Um, Greg Evenson, we lost him last Friday, and I know that you've. Yeah, um, Steve Quill on the, on Steve Quill's YouTube channel has a 25-minute video titled, Greg Evenson, Whitestone, What Will You Choose? Right. So definitely, uh, I'm going to watch that after the show tonight. Yeah, and, and you know, it's amazing because we, we have people who are close to us, and, and I thought of this last night. You know, um, think of think of the times that you, you have a crossword, or um, maybe you leave that person to uh, maybe have an argument and you leave to go to the store or go home or go to work and you know it's it's a pretty heavy thought if if that's the last time you imagine that being the last memory you have of talking with that person uh, maybe something happens to you or or them yeah, obviously if it's you but 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 the um the, the weight you know um of that it, it's it's 
me. And I know, for, I know this from personal experience. So trust me when I tell you, based on my personal experience, you, you would just want to, you just want to tell those people closest to you exactly how much you care for them and love them. And, and I think that that's, um, I mean, that's so important to do. A couple of uh, items as well. Hey, send Tracy Beans an email after you watch the last three videos that she's done. Extremely great investigative pieces. Let her know that you heard uh, you heard us singing her praises on this show because uh, she put a lot of work into the last three investigative pieces. Fantastic stuff. And uh, she's going to be with us this week. Also, make sure you make sure you send Ted brewer an email asking what the deal is with attention factor fantastic nutritional supplement i've got to tell you this works better than anything i've ever taken in my life and uh, it provides me with mental clarity and that is a huge huge hurdle to overcome let me tell you just ask anyone who's worked with me uh no in all seriousness uh attention factor from health masters incredible product and, and just send ted an email saying hey heard about it on the Hagman report what's up with that when was it going to be available for me i want some and uh don't forget our sponsors simplysafe.com slash hagman simplysafe.com slash hagman uh and all of the people who support our show and also Patreon this Sunday. Don't forget, a little campfire meeting, kitchen cabinet meeting, laid back Sunday at 7 o'clock. Uh, so if you're a Patreon supporter, come on in, and you'll, you'll have instructions. Uh, Eric will send out the instructions of the link that is uh, for that campfire meeting about a half hour before, about 6.30 Eastern time on Sunday. Please join us. I'll be appearing on InfoWars on uh, uh, Friday at 2 o'clock. And... Um, Oh, lastly, you know, there are people that join a program like ours that immediately, immediately increase the IQ of the show or immediately increase the, um, the, the, uh, uh visual pleasantries of, of the show. Our guest, Kate Daly, does both. Kate Daly, Kate on, um, katedalyradio.com and Kate on the Blaze. She is with us now for the next hour in advance of Donald Trump's State of the Union address. Boy, we cannot ask for a better person to join us than Kate Daly. Kate, welcome to the Hagman Report. You are too kind. Wow, I could just sit and listen to that all day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, I, I, it's true. You know, I, I've got to tell you, we we listen. I, I love your show. Um, listen to it all the time, and. Uh, and me as well. I'm a fan, so I love the Hagman Hagman Report. It's awesome. You guys do such a fantastic job. You should be so proud. I love it. Well, we, you know, we do our best in, in spite of ourselves, which you know how it is. But uh, I think the last time that you were with us, you, you were either getting over just a massive cold or were suffering. I from sounded it. like a man. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was fun. You know, this happens all the time to us, right? Uh, our voice is the one job requirement, and. Uh, uh, <laughs> So, you know, we just lose it constantly. What can we say? It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. It is. It, 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 yeah. And, yeah, um, although I have I have people here in the studio praying that I lose my voice. Um, <laughs> you know, anyway. Well, well Kate, uh, again, welcome to the show. And Kate on the Blaze is the uh, is Kate's Twitter follower on Twitter as well as uh, her website, katedallyradio.com. Kate, uh, go Joe, you were gonna... Yeah, Kate, let's, uh, let's start as uh, we're 
just less than 60 minutes away from the State of the Union address. Sure. Let's start with what you expect to hear from Trump tonight. Now, we know all the drama with the uh, the FISA memo and the FBI and the DOJ that's been ongoing. Many people are hoping that Trump addresses this tonight. Sure. But aside from that, um, I know that there are some teasers that were thrown out as far as what the president will touch on. I think immigration, right. education, infrastructure, and a number of other things. What are some of the things you're looking for him to talk about tonight? Address it. I want him to read it. <laughs> I think it would be the best so-to address we've ever received mm-hmm. in the history of ever. Uh, I think it would be fabulous. I think I'm, I think I'm holding, holding on to too much hope for that, though. Um, I, I think his speech is going to be uh, actually pretty uh, similar to what he just spoke about at the summit. It's going to be America first. It's going to be talking about uh, an American moment is what we've heard. And, and also he'll be talking about the economy, which we would expect from Donald Trump to talk about the economy. What I find fascinating is that they were interviewing uh, New York uh, students, uh, students at NYC, and they were already saying what was in the speech before they even have heard the speech. You have a lot of uh, people not wanting to go to the speech or talking about the speech in mainstream because they're already convinced it's going to be the most racist speech I ever heard. Absolute ridiculousness. That's not going to happen. It hasn't ever happened, yet they'll keep up the narrative. So um, I don't listen to the garbage afterwards. I, I like to just take in the speech. And I actually think, and I'm hoping, that he does most of it himself like he did his inaugural because I like hearing from him. I don't mind his Twitter. I think his Twitter's fabulous. It's the it's the best ode to free speech I've ever heard. We yeah. should demand that all politicians do their own speeches, talk uh, and say the things that are on their minds. As an American people, we should be appreciating this, not condemning it. And, uh, and I feel like his uh, so-to speech is actually going to be really great. He won't get the credit for it in mainstream, but don't go looking for mainstream to validate him because mainstream won't, no. and they've already proven that. So that's how I feel about it. No, and the, uh, and the mainstream, uh, really this week, I don't know, I think it has something to do with the, the anticipation of the contents of the FISA memo and also because it is the State of the Union time and their favorite pastime now is attacking and lying about Trump. They have really ramped up their coverage on CNN and MSNBC trying to compare Trump to Nixon in 1974, saying that this is, you know, Watergate all over again. And I have a, a few, just a, a few quotes here of um, a number of, of commentators, but just one here. Uh, Chuck Todd on, on I'm sorry, Tom Brokaw on NBC, appeared on MSNBC saying that this is going to be the greatest scandal in the history of the country. Talking about the Trump-Russia investigation, we know that they're completely ignoring or uh, you know, trying to put down the, the contents of the memo when that is released, even though many in the media have not read it. But we see this doubling down on the, on the Russia investigation. How do you see this all unfolding? Let's say our worst fears are, are realized and the contents of the FISA memo point out or show that they misrepresented the dossier as intelligence to spy on Trump. And that's how, mm-hmm. how they did it. And the right. FBI and the personnel there and some of the DOJ knew what they were doing. How does this play out in the next week, two weeks? Uh, how do you see this? It'll show. It'll show that. And this is the problem we have in America right now. When the the, the stuff on Hillary's uh, server in her basement, you know, the bleach bit, the whole nine yards, when that came out, we actually thought justice would be served on that. We thought that mm-hmm. okay, finally, here's some proof. So, the first, I think, the first thing I think of when I think of the FISA memo is a message to the people in America, and that is, don't wait for the government to go after the government. I don't think they will. 
it's going to take the American people to basically uh, say to them, we're not going to accept this because I think so much collusion, um, so many wrongdoing, so much illegal activity has been performed. I think that's why McCabe is gone. Um, and so I think that if we as a people don't step up and start really voicing that something needs to happen, government just doesn't save itself. It never has. It will always protect or save itself. It will always go to protect itself, but it will never, ever uh, turn on itself. And they're not going to. They're going to do everything they can to protect it, just like I think there's a lot of legislators out there that will throw out um, different excuses, reasons, everything we heard with Hillary. There's enough for Hillary that she should be put in Guantanamo right now, but yeah. we're not seeing it, right? And so everybody's outraged that they haven't seen justice. We keep waiting for the government to to actually act uh, and do what's right in the name of justice. I'm I'm hope everybody's hoping that this will be that moment, but I'm not quite sure it will be. But the people need to make it that moment. And if we don't stand up and we just keep waiting for the government to do it, I don't think it'll get done. Um, there, all the collusions there. We've had a history of collusion in just about every part of government. We need a government. We just have had so much collusion within that uh, that we we have to clean house in the name of justice to make sure that we can stop some of this collusion and stop some of these things. The Russian thing is such a joke now. They've had a full year to, to have a shred of evidence. Of course, there isn't any because it doesn't exist. So they're, they keep trying to create a case. And I think that the American people are finally starting to figure that out. They would have come forward a long time ago because they had everything at their disposal. Um, and it was the, it was the biggest distraction, right hand, left hand stuff that we've seen them do, uh, because they, they couldn't take this loss. But I, I feel like the people themselves have to demand justice where justice might not be served even in the FISA memo case, even as damning as it'll be. Boy, I, I totally agree with you on that. All the sentiments, I, I, wonderfully said. Um, now, and, and pardon the academic nature of this question, but I, I, I truly believe what we're seeing, what we're living through, Kate, is perhaps the most, this is the biggest crime in my lifetime that I remember. And I'm, the crime I'm talking about, of course, is the um, abuse, the, the surveillance abuse and the weaponization of our intelligence communities against a potential or a, um, a presidential candidate. Well, is that subversion? Is that treason? How do we define uh, it? We, we, okay, what is that aside from criminal? Well, I mean, it's specifically. It's case of treason. Yeah, people hate to use that word, but we ought to be using it. <laughs> it's too deserving now. Really and truly. Uh, I mean, I, do, you, do you agree with me, or do you agree with me, that, that this this is perhaps the biggest story of our lifetimes? Yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. That and Pedigate, uh, right. we have several issues that have been completely avoided. Whatever mainstream avoids, um, and here I am out of Fox News, you know, affiliate, whatever mainstream absolutely denies or avoids is the biggest story. So I would yeah. say those two things absolutely 100%. Yeah. Did no, you, no doubt about it. Did you see uh, the some of the statements that came out from people like uh, Nancy Pelosi in her interview with Chris Cuomo today, or Adam Schiff yesterday? Um, you know, talking about how the memo was going to be a, a danger to national security. Pelosi I said the same thing, that. and then said it was a lie, and obviously it can't be yeah. both. And you have, you know, the Joe Scarboroughs. All the people are, are delegitimizing this when they haven't even seen it. And as you said, you know, they either ignore it or, or, uh, put it down. That's how you know. Um, 
national security has become an even bigger excuse than I have a headache in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what does that tell you? It tells me that any time they don't want uh, they don't want to let out their secrets. They don't want to let out a little collusion. They don't want to let out anything because government protects itself. They will always say national security. It just is so funny now. It gets to the point where it's comical. Let me guess. This is about national security. They've yeah. never even been able to prove that, yet they use it as a constant excuse. Ridiculous. Well, let's look at this in the context from the, the actual Russia Mueller investigation, mm-hmm. which isn't even a Russia collusion investigation anymore. Apparently, it's an obstruction of justice the investigation, which isn't even the scope of what he was set out to investigate. Do you believe that the uh, spin by the left will be successful enough to keep Mueller on even after the memo is released, or do you believe that the memo might actually lead to the ending of the Russia investigation? It could, uh, if enough people demand it. Uh, let, let's just let's just put this out. Okay, so the celebrities are putting put on their asinine <laughs> people's State of the Union. Mm-hmm. Okay. No report could even state what the numbers were because they're that dismal. See, they always love to report numbers in mainstream, but they couldn't. Only one came out and said, we estimated 500,000 people. Out of 330 million Americans, only 500,000 people, as an estimation, an exaggeration on the number, that we're going to watch that. That is probably who are the leftist, uh, uh, progressive, uh, just brainstem, no actual brain cells, yeah. And so I do think that if you have the people of America, which is obviously the majority, huge majority, even bigger than we think, demanding some justice, you'll see it. But unless those people, if those people stay silent, you won't see it. You'll see the the very, very, very small percentage voices like these these stupid celebrities that get up and say, this is what's this is how America needs to be there. They, they, they're so full of hypocrisy, it's disgusting. And uh, and so. If, if we want them to win, they will drive the narrative. Um, they'll come up with excuses. But if we hold the feet to the fire on legislators, on the Senate, on the president even, and making sure that, that justice comes, you, they can't ignore the people. They can't. So as much as they want to drive the narrative like they do on everything with mainstream corruptness, where they don't talk about hardly anything truthful or just a nugget of truth, um, then the people are already starting to tune it out. The numbers for the liberal progressives, even in the media, are going down steadily. So we're seeing people start to tune it off, not sh- not showing up for award shows, not not listening, not taking it anymore. So that's a great sign. So now we have to make sure that the people demand justice because this will be damning. This could result in in justice. Who knows? Guantanamo is getting a little bigger. That's hopeful for those people that might be sent there. I, I, I'm hopeful for that. I just want to, we have to see justice done or we lose the country because then we have t- three tiers of justice, two tiers of justice, and, uh, and, and this is how it worked before America happened. This is what happened in, in England. This is what was happening all over the world. And this is why we had dictators is because we had different levels of justice for different kinds of people and people got off scot free. And, and so we have to see that happen in America. I don't. I, I don't know of anything else now that could that could bring the kind of justice that will bring that this evidence will purport and and bring to the surface. I will bet that this is this. If it doesn't happen with this, I don't know what it would happen with. Yeah, at this point, there's never been a greater time. You know, for what Trump ran on draining the swamp, there has never been a time where uh, you have the evidence, actionable evidence, and uh, the 
uh, proof and everything you need to do it and do it in a very public way. And Mm -hmm. it is uh, amazing that there needs to be, they need to take full advantage of this. And as you said, most importantly, the American people need to push back and let everybody know, as we saw with release of the memo, email the congressman, email the senators, call their offices, start the Twitter campaigns, retweet, you know, the the popular hashtags. (laughs) You gotta do, you gotta get involved. But, you know, what, what happened last time? It was right. Russian bots, Kate. Remember, it wasn't the American right. people pushing the release of the memo. It was Russian bots. <laughs> yeah. The whole, the whole Russian thing is just, it's so funny, actually. If we really step back and really look at, at, at what they've pinned that on, uh, it, it, it looks so desperate, feels desperate, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it is a duck. It's so desperate. And uh, even liberals now are finally going, well, I, I don't know if there's anything really here, because they keep waiting for it, right? They've been promised, and, and even they're getting disappointed. So I have a lot of hope. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, they've been promised, and there's not one shred of evidence. Uh, you right. know, first it was the Russian hacking. Then it was Russian meddling. Mm-hmm. Then it was Russian yeah. collusion. Now it's obstruction of justice. Not to mention Comey. We don't even have to get into why he was fired. Just his handling of right. the Hillary investigation alone was enough for him to be fired. But, you know, the, the, these celebrities that you talk about, the People's State of the Union, this yep, opposition to Trump, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said it perfectly in an interview uh, about this uh, on Fox and Friends this morning mm-hmm. and talked about how out of touch these people are. And they're always negative. They're, they're you know, constantly calling Trump a Nazi or a racist. They have nothing. They don't even they have an intelligent arguments against why they dislike the president or for why they dislike the president. And they can't back it up with any facts whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It is just... As they say about Trump, it's an alternative reality that they created. But uh, the State of the Union tonight, the potential for the memo to be released as early as tomorrow, maybe even tonight after the State of the Union, and we have the uh, Strauch text messages with, with uh, Lisa Page, and that has not been resolved yet. Strauch is still an employee of the FBI. Do you think that uh, when Sarah Sanders says the president has full faith in Christopher Ray at the FBI, that he mm-hmm. still, uh, that he believes that there is going to be a, a clean, a cleansing of the top level of the FBI where we have seen the abuses of power. Do you think that's going to happen? Wow, I did a whole three hours on the FBI and and why they were created without any constitutional authority whatsoever, and how they uh, made themselves into what they are today. And um, anytime there was a group that tried to uh, speak out or or look at the 60s, you know, there's a great example. They infiltrated with informants and they um, created a narrative and they brought it to violence and they they did things to provoke. I'm not saying all the FBI is bad. I'm just saying that there's a lot of collusion within the FBI and there always has been ever since the inception in how they were created under Hoover, why not under Hoover, but before that, but why they were created and their role in America. In fact, they even had to have a uh, the 10 most wanted list was their first attempt at marketing themselves for relevancy. Before that, I mean, there was no justification to have them. But there's so, mu- there's so much there. There's so many things. You think of Waco. You think of all these situations. First, they, they demonized the left. They went after the groups, infiltrated with informants. Then they went through the right and, and went after people, killed people. Um, we have so many instances. I'm heavy into the Bundy case because that's near my area, and I've interviewed them many, many times on the show, so I could talk about that at length. But we have a severe problem with the FBI. And where this is coming to light, the hiding of evidence, again, um, the uh, collusion up at the top, again, we, we have so many issues that we need to clean up. 
Every department has, I think, a level of this that needs to be cleaned out. I think that Trump really would probably be the only person right now that could actually head that up. Um, and I'm glad that he's president. I actually am really glad because no other president is willing to expose like he is willing to expose. So I am very appreciative of that. We should be as, a, as an American people, which means that we need to cheer that on as far as cleaning house. As a people, we have to really start being more vocal and cheer that on because the, the mainstream media will seek to to um, excuse it, excuse it, excuse it. This was a one-time thing. This has never happened. Yeah, right. That's not true, and we all know it. So we need a severe cleaning of the house. Mueller was uh, brought in weeks before 9-11, wasn't he? And uh, the guy that was in that post was gone after he was only in like a very, very, very short window of time, maybe a month, two months, something like that. Mueller was brought in. Mueller is probably, I think, one of the worst. And I and he was brought in at a time when there was a lot of um, things going on with 9-11 that were hidden. And he kept it hidden. And he's he, I can't I still can't believe he's the one in charge this whole yeah. thing is ridiculous, but but there you go. So we have a lot of cleaning of the house, and I I just want people, I just want Trump to understand who he can trust and who he can't, because there's a lot of phonies and there's a lot of people that he's working with, even within the CFR and things that he shouldn't be working with. I think that he really needs to be so careful about who he listens to. Absolutely. What are your feelings about Jeff Sessions? Uh, now we, we know he, he's he's recused himself because uh, because of the the Russia alleged uh, 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 conflict there, which may or may not be true. It wasn't even a conflict. Yeah. He was at the same table with one of them for a dinner. Yeah. How do you feel about Jeff Sessions? Um, here's the deal. There's two theories on him. He's either incredibly ineffective and not really doing uh, what he should be doing. Or there's a plan at stake where uh, where these things have to come down in pieces, and he's actually doing some things behind the scenes to make things happen. Trump has a lot of trust in him, I think. Um, so all we can really do at this point is sit back and, and go with and try and figure out which one that is. I haven't been impressed with Sessions because I, I think there's enough there, even on the uranium case. There's things that he could do right now that he's not doing yet. I have to leave one part of my mind open to the fact that 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 Trump understands how to play a game. And I know how much we all know that there's so much collusion going on and and so much stuff that he walked into that he has to play that in pieces. He couldn't have done everything he wants to do in a year and that things take a little bit of time too. I would like to see a little bit more justice. I'd like to see people that are incarcerated because of the uh, uh, BLM or EPA or th- unjustly. I'd love to see some some people being, uh, you know, actually uh, pardoned. I'd love to see him go after and actually start really working on these cases that have been in the news, like the uranium case. I'd love to see that. Haven't yet. Still holding out hope. Um, but, no, I haven't been impressed so far. It's been tough yet. I don't know the whole story, and I don't know if any of us do. Yeah, you know, it's um, I, I personally, me from what I've seen, I Jeff Sessions has been in the Senate for a while, and to me, he he seems more uh, establishment minded than anything else. Uh-huh. We yeah. need a pit bull, don't we? That? I mean, we need somebody. We need a mm-hmm. pit bull in there. We need somebody to yes. to grab people by the back of the neck mm-hmm. and drag them out of the yeah. office. 
I mean, he could be making a, a very public case, not for the defense of Trump, but for the exposing of the corruption. Which I with, agree with that. Well, I mean, they have the power to call the press conferences to present the evidence, and then mm-hmm. for Sessions to say that the release of the memo could be harmful to national security. Yeah, that uh, was a joke. Yeah, it is, <laughs> and, and, and things like that. that. You know, we mm-hmm. always hear trust Jeff Sessions, and now I'm not going to trust yeah. Jeff Sessions. I don't trust yeah. Jeff Sessions if he does a good job. I mean, the the he, the only thing that he's been uh, harsh on so far has been marijuana laws, which. <laughs> At this point, Which, nobody cares about that right now. They want to get to the get, deal with that after you've dealt with you know the the snake in the justice. grass and the and, right. Where to put my blunt? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Deal with no, I love it. I love it that you guys are saying that because I've been saying that all year. And and the only reason I said there's another theory out there is because I can understand that things take a little time and sometimes they expose themselves. Okay, and Trump is pretty masterful at that they don't people don't give him enough credit on the left for for being uh, the businessman that he is and understanding how to how to play people this whole thing with sessions yes th- there have been so many things along the way that i have loved I, we we should have been seeing already at least pieces coming yeah. together and people being um uh at least uh you know uh brought up on charges yeah, Kate, absolutely. we're we're up against the break. Our guest is Kate Daly. The the website is katedalyradio.com. Her show is four to seven Eastern or two to five Mountain Time. But you can listen uh, to her show anytime on her website. That's katedalyradio.com. We're going to be right back with her in our next segment. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to this edition of the Hagman Report as we are joined by Kate Daly of the Kate Daly Show, and you can get her website at katedalyradio.com. There you can access all her shows. You can listen to each show any time of the day or listen live if you want, and it's definitely a great show. I know we have fun when we go on it and like to listen to it when we get the opportunity. The historical aspect of the FBI that was on Friday, fantastic. I mean, required listening. Go back and listen to the archive. Go ahead, John. Yeah, absolutely. And we have uh, a number of issues we're going to get into uh, with Kate in this segment. Not only were we talking about the the FISA memo, the State of the Union, the Trump and, and the media wars that's been ongoing, but something that we haven't talked a lot about, uh, the Bundy, uh, the whole sure. this whole Bundy case from the latest we had on the uh, federal judge throwing out the case, citing mm-hmm. prosecutorial misconduct, and a lot. <laughs> yeah, and to the the death of Lavoy Finicum. Um, Kate, give us an update on, on what, I would love wh- to. where all this would, stands. Okay, I'd love to. In fact, there's four huge media lies that keep getting told by media. It doesn't matter what they do, they keep getting spun, and they don't go back and correct it ever. And these change the narrative of what actually happened there uh, from the beginning. But while they were, uh, okay, as far as the Bundy case, it's a little bit, uh, connected to the organ, the Malheur Ridge organ case. And and we can talk about Lavoie, too. Uh, so sad. Uh, he was murdered in the back, uh, three times shot in the back with his hands up. Um, but I, I want to say a couple of things. So they keep saying armed standoff. You have to have two parties facing each other with guns to have an armed standoff. The Bundys were never armed, and the prosecutors finally had to admit it in court that they weren't armed, and many of the protesters were not armed, especially those on the ground. Um, so that is a huge lie. They keep saying it, keep saying it, and it drives me insane. There was no armed standoff ever. They were just protesting, but they wanted to turn it into something bigger. The only people with guns that were threatening were the FBI. Um, 
Another part of this is none of them were part of a militia, the Bundys, Lavoie, Finnecombe, ever, in their lifetime. Now, they can be. That's their constitutional right to be. But what I'm saying is, is they were lying about that, and they weren't militia people. They weren't, they didn't belong to one. Another thing is they keep saying that they owed millions of dollars, two million, I think, one to two million. Depending on the mainstream media outlet, the number changed from one to two million dollars. That was a lie given out by the government um, and the FBI to change the narrative of the story so that people thought that they just didn't pay their bills. Okay, and that, that I mean, a million to two million would be a long time, right? Um, the bill that was presented in court, which was never presented to the Bundys, the actual bill was only $8,800. All of this for $8,800. Men incarcerated without bail for $8,800. And the $8,800 was paid to the state of Nevada. Um, it was held in escrow. They just would not, they just would not cash the check because they wanted it to go to the BLM. The BLM wasn't doing its job. They weren't protecting the, 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 those, uh, they actually made it harder for farmers to graze. That's why so many farmers left, okay? Um, the Bundys were, are the only people that are still standing in their area. Over a 100 have left um, because they were either bullied off their property by the feds. The feds made it so difficult. The BLM made it so difficult for them to conduct business and do ranching that they finally just gave up. Bundy's the last one. In Oregon, Hammond was the last one in his area. So all the other ranchers and farmers were giving up around him. They want that piece of property. There's a lot of minerals under these properties, by the way, uh, that the government would just love to have. So when the guys got to Oregon, let's talk about Oregon for a second, okay. they created a narrative in the media the day it happened. I mean, the very day. And it was their militia, they're, they're taking over buildings, they're, I mean, doing all these things. It was actually only a protest. They were never even served a warrant for their arrest. They were not one of them. They were never served anything that said they were violating a law. They were never told they were violating a law. They 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 did the building out uh, away from the city just so they could be away from the city. It wasn't it wasn't some some big huge thing. Okay, uh, they were just protesting and they wanted to bring attention to the Hammonds and the Hammonds are currently in prison, uh, a double sentence for something that is so innocuous that even the first judge reversed the the. The verdict because he said this is so un- this is cruel this is just cruel to do this over the burning of 100 acres 100 acres gets burned all the time by the BLM um, and the Hammonds did a back burn and it went into 100 acres he's sitting in prison uh, because of that for another five year sentence so they all went up to Oregon uh, to to bring attention to that it was just a protest in fact Lavoy Finicum never had a warrant out for his arrest there was no traffic stop it was a uh, blind curve where he was forced to stop and they were wanting to shoot him dead. They were, there were three officers waiting for him to shoot him dead. There wasn't even a conversation that took place. They just shot him. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? And so a lot of things were uh, talked about this in the media that were complete and total lies. And when you start to say this to people, they go, oh. And I said, you know, they're only trying to bring attention to the fact that the feds keep wanting to muscle people off their properties to own the property uh, for the minerals, for the ownership, for the management. The government wants it, and they have to get rid of the ranchers and farmers to do it. And we as a nation need to protect ranchers and farmers because they're facing a lot of obstacles in even doing what they do best, and that is ranching and farming. These aren't men that were ever violent. These weren't men that were doing anything that would that would need a, a, a full FBI force to show up. All they were doing was protesting and educating the people. In fact, Lavoy Finnicum had constitutions in the back of his truck, and he was going to flee to the constitutional sheriff and a meeting that was waiting for him with lots of townspeople that wanted to hear what he had to say about the Constitution. These mm-hmm. weren't violent people. And so 
the narrative is trying to uh, take the place of what's actually going on, and that is the ranchers and farmers are losing their properties. They're, ha- they're being bullied off their lands by a very corrupt uh, BLM. Now, not all BLM is corrupt, but parts of it are. In court, it came out that the FBI guy had a kill list. He was killing the Bundy cattle. If you want to go back to the Bundys, he was killing their cattle. Why do you think people got so upset that they traveled over state lines to help the Bundys? They were killing cattle. They had no right to do that. They were uh, marching in with their guns and, and taking their livelihood. And all the Bundys were doing was standing there. It was just the presence of standing there. So that needs to be known. Um, people understood what was happening and, and, and really came to the rescue of the Bundys to stand with them. Uh, so that they could show that this is, was absolutely wrong. In fact, they put up pictures of the Bundys in the BLM offices with the kill sites, the, the gun sites on their, on their faces. Uh, they wanted to erase the Bundys. They wanted to, to, I think, pull another Waco. And, uh, that's what, that's what was in their mindset the entire time. And, uh, and, and the, the American people don't know that because they bought into a, a narrative that was absolutely incorrect from the get-go. Wow, and that's a, you know, when we look back on the story, obviously, as we see so often, the mainstream media and mm-hmm. uh, so many of the people, as you said, putting out these misleading reports, reports trying to paint them as the uh, as aggressors, trying to paint them as, you know, uh, some kind of a threat to the United States, and then Lavoie Finnegan being gunned down while on his way to a meeting with the sheriff uh, as you yeah. said, not even a traffic stop by the FBI. And there are, there was a video released by the FBI of the, of a helicopter view showing that shooting. And you can clearly see that his hands are up. Now, is Lavoie Finnecombe's family, have they sued the FBI? Yes. They filed a lawsuit on Friday and it's, uh, five million per each one of the 12 kids plus, uh, Jeanette Finnecombe, who I've interviewed many times, um, also, uh, for the estate. So it's about a $70 million lawsuit. Um, I think it should be more. Um, they yeah. out, they out and out in cold-blooded murder, uh, murdered him, and they lied about it. And the FBI agent was even in, indicted because he had lied about firing his weapon. So there's a lot of um, misinformation out there about that. And he was shot in the back three times. Um, and so, what does that tell you about a system that would kill somebody with their hands up uh, three times in the back? That should tell us a lot. I was at the funeral. Um, I, I was there. And I'll tell you, they've gone through hell. And he was just going up to bring attention to the Hammonds. There was, he wasn't there for any other reason. The man never even had a traffic ticket. Salt of the earth, wonderful father, did some videos on the Constitution. So he became a target uh, to the FBI. In fact, I played a clip on the show on Friday, which had him the day before he was murdered saying, gosh, the FBI is really ramping this up. He was saying this in an interview. They're really getting more threatening and we haven't changed at all. We're still talking to them and want an open line of communication. We're just, we're here to talk and, uh, we're not here to do anything else. And why did, why did they get out of their cars with their guns, uh, already ready in that ready stance? What, what are they doing? They're ramping up for something. I can feel it. They, they're going to do something. And that was the day before he was murdered. And I'm so glad that's on tape. Uh, he was a, he was an amazing man. And, uh, all these guys are, are good men. And they're trying to bring attention to a problem that's been growing and festering in America for decades. 
and the ranchers and farmers are almost afraid to say anything because they get they get muscled off their properties. Uh, the BLM makes it very, very difficult. Bureau of Land Management makes it very difficult for them to do what they're doing. And so when the, when the farmers and ranchers pay their grazing fees, what the BLM often does, and not in every case, sometimes they're, they could be good, good people in these offices, but uh, what the Hammonds and, and what the um, uh, Bundys were, were seeing was that they would be given the money for grazing and then they wouldn't do anything with that money. So they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't make sure that the, that the water was there. They weren't doing their part. And so that's why Clive and Bundy finally said, I'm not, I'm not going to keep paying you. You're not doing anything with it. And I'm having to come up with all of this, uh, that you're supposed to be doing. So I'm going to pay the state. The state, they don't recognize that, that federal BLM because their, their lands were grandfathered in and also not, not the lands, but their agreements for grazing were grandfathered in long before the BLM even came into existence. So there's a lot more to the story that, that Americans need to understand because Americans need to protect What's left? Only five percent private ranchers and farmers in America. A hundred years ago, it was ninety percent, mm-hmm. and they're consistently uh, being manipulated and uh, uh, messed with. And the government sure owns a lot of property, don't they? So that that needs to have attention brought to it. And this was a sad, sad case. It never should have gone that far. When the FBI says we decide how long a protest is, and we're going to do whatever it takes to stop it when we feel it's over after twenty-one days. Why aren't the American people calling out for justice on this? Why aren't the American people incensed over this, that a man was gunned down with his hands up? Um, it, 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 you know why? Because the narrative was so strong in this, the lies that were told, um, and, and they have still not been corrected by the media, nor will they be. So I don't expect them to correct it. They won't. No, the media is definitely the enemies of the American people, not just mm-hmm. in dealing with Trump but with anything dealing with our, our freedoms, our rights, the Constitution, and we see this as they have uh, really... Uh, Kate, let me ask you this, kind of switch it from the Bundy thing, just to the media. Um, I don't know how... I, I don't know if I have a term for this yet, but have you seen this like I have? It seems that all these uh, unhinged celebrities, media organizations mm-hmm. and personnel who work for them, in all of their attempts to discredit and and to get Trump, that they all go through some sort of uh, self-destruction, whether it's Happy <laughs> Griffin with, you know. Right. Uh, right. I mean, there's so many examples of this. Well, How do you explain like this? I mean, it, <laughs> they're destroying themselves. The, the American people now more than ever see the mainstream media for what they are. I think a mm-hmm. recent Pew Research poll showed that about 60% of the people pay no mind to the media because they know it's, it's basically all made up at this point. And, and yeah. we see it just this uh, over and over and over again. Anybody who's, who attempts to bring down or, or discredit Trump seems to discredit themselves. Do you think that's going right. to continue throughout his presidency? I do. They're not going to give that up. It's what they latch on to, and they've made everything about politics. You know, we didn't used to do that. If you had a talent in theater, you weren't about politics. But for some reason, I call them brain stems. I don't think they have actual brain cells. These brain stems get up and they, they express all their political views. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what the NFL thinks about politics. Nobody cares what Hollywood yeah, thinks about politics. <laughs> Nobody cares. And they get up and they spout it and they sneak it in and they try and, and make it something. Um and and these are the most ill-informed people in America. I mean, I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Not everybody turns their job into a political statement, but for some reason they all do because they're on camera. 
people are getting sick of it, and it's showing because the award shows everything that they're doing. Yep. The numbers have never been this dismal. So that should be good news to people. They out themselves in their own hypocrisy because the things they say are so ridiculous, they can't back them up, and it's all based on emotion. Everything the left does is based on emotion. It's never rooted in logic or what something looks like five years from now. It's only based in emotion, and that's as far as they go. There's a great line in All the King's Men. All the King's Men, the original, uh, they're talking to this politician, and they say, you don't, don't inform them, just make them feel something and stop. Don't inform them. You don't need to go that far. Hmm. And how much of that has been going on in America, right? We're not informed. We're just made to feel something. And the left is great at it. They've got a, they've got a major advantage because they have the microphone. But you know what? It's starting to implode on them. And when I, when I see these celebrities that look like they're drunk and they just rolled out of bed and they're the spokesman for whatever new cause, or I see these ridiculous women get up in the award shows and basically invalidate men, make them totally irrelevant. Yeah, there could be some creeps in the audience for producers and things like that. Sure, why not? Of course there is. It's Hollywood. But they're they're on a mission to um, to make men irrelevant, and I don't think that's fair either. And so it gets embarrassing to watch the award shows, the amount of attention they want to seek in their political stance, and nobody cares. They just want them to act. And at this point, I don't even want to see them act. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that, boy. Wow. And we see this, as you said, uh, the the politicizing of everything. The award shows are at historic lows. The NFL. Well, these are all the people that continue to come against uh, come against Trump. And just uh, on a side note, I, I saw this. Just wanted to, to throw up ESPN continuing. Uh, a host on on uh, ESPN today said Notre Dame's fighting Irish mascot is offensive and needs to change. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just uh, insanity. But these wuss bags. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I think people want him to shut up. I oh, really yeah. do. And they're starting to get the message. People aren't showing up to their little Twitter uh, extravaganzas because nobody cares. And I think that's great. And um, and I like dialogue with normal people, logical people that understand values. And so um, those people congregate, and these people are left to congregate with their own emotional weirdos. And so, you know what? It, it's getting a little bit more into the extremes now because of, of the sort of these attacks that are going on. Um, as we're seeing this year and the nonsense, it's kind of like with DACA. Um, every single politician that's speaking out and wanting the dreamers to stay right now and not enforce immigration are all on tape saying they want to enforce immigration. So their hypocrisy mm-hmm. because we have tape is showing itself. This is hypocrisy all the way around and people are noticing it and they're tuning off. And so I love that. You know, tonight they're going to have dreamers. The the, the left, what do they bring? They bring dreamers and they bring uh, sexual abuse victims. It has nothing to do with Trump, okay? Sexual abuse victims, nothing to do. All the women that accused Trump silently went away after he was president. Kind of like Roy Moore. They just silently went away. Why were they not traumatized enough to to do more with it? Um, And so we're seeing that as the sham now. And, And so why the left does that, it's so ridiculous. Um, but even the so too address is getting so politicized that I would love to actually see it not happen anymore. It was only supposed to be a, a written letter to Congress. That's all it was ever supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be the pomp and circumstance and the politicizing and the grandstanding that they're doing now, but they're all doing it. And the hypocrisy is showing itself. It's like a huge flag and it, and it shows itself and, and, uh, and I hope people will start to really address this and call them on it. 
that wouldn't that be fantastic to see more people call him on it? Absolutely, and I'm I'm glad that you you um, mentioned the the historical context of the State of the Union. Uh, what it is today, it was never supposed to be that, and it's um, oh, man, it, it, it's Roosevelt turned it into that. He turned it into that. Before that, yeah. they just wrote a letter, and it wasn't supposed to be the people and the president. It's supposed to be the president accounting to Congress. It never had anything to do with us. Um, and so why, why we turn it into a big show with, with, uh, fact finders afterwards? It's like a joke. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're right. Uh, and by the way, if, if any illegals are, are brought into the, to, 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 I'm in favor of, uh, seeing them on camera taken away by, by ICE agents. Um, you know, here's a point for you, Doug, is, the media says over and over again, these are the best and brightest, right? We hear it over and over and over. The best and brightest, they're lawyers and doctors. They're painting all of them to be the best contributors that America's ever seen. Uh, not Americans themselves, but just the dreamers, right? They're the, they're the only nugget of anything productive. What I, so, so, okay, let's call them on that. Okay, so if they're the best and the brightest, send them home, and then they have the education that they got here for free, and uh, they're completely educated into careers, going into careers that will obviously afford for them to come back and do immigration the right way. So let's call these this narrative uh, what it is. It's baloney because a lot of these people are criminals, and we can't ignore that. But what does the media say? Best and brightest, best and brightest. Yeah. It's all about judging who they are as a people instead of looking at the law. If somebody's a bank robber, we don't go, well, does he have children and is he a nice guy? <laughs> we don't say that. We say Regardless of whether he has children and a nice guy, it's a crime. And we send him off to prison and the poor little kids are sad that daddy's gone. Okay, so why aren't we doing that with immigration? And if these are the best and brightest, send them home. They'll come back and they can even afford for their family members to come back and do it the right way. There's nothing wrong with that. It might take a few years, but who cares? They got a free ride this long. Send them home. Let them come back. I don't know what's so hard about that. I, I, I love it. And, and you know, if, if, they, if they need a ride home, I'll drive the bus. Um, <laughs> pick me. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and the nice segue into uh, DACA and Dreamers. I'm not even sure the people really understand the, the, the terminology. Um, okay, DACA is the Deferred Action to Child for Child Arrivals. That's what Obama but, but, did through an executive order? But, yeah, yeah, yeah that was illegal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what are Dreamers? So if, if we stand for that, then we are asking for a dictator. Because if, if we are going to let that stand, it should be totally taken off the table because it was done unconstitutionally by executive order. You can't create a law in one. Then what everybody wants in America then is a dictator, or what that portion of America wants is a dictator. I don't want a dictator. I want that off the table. Immigration stands. We have laws. We should have a wall. Um, and, and they can be very successful, let people come in the right way. Um, you know, Wells Fargo might hate it. They love the drug money coming in. Oh, did I say that out loud? Anyway, so yes, I mean, I this, it. this could be an issue. <laughs> so, so, so the left, they act as if we're sending them to the guillotine. They're, they're not being sent to the guillotine. They're being sent home. So if they're willing to fly their flag and they can only do so in pride here in America, they should love their country enough then to go home. Exactly. So go home and come back. Exactly. And I'll tell you, I don't think I could have said it any better. Uh, I know I couldn't have. Uh, of course, our guest is Kate Daly, Kate Daly 
KateDalyRadio.com. That's her website, KateDalyRadio.com. At Kate on the Blaze on Twitter. Follow, 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 retweet. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, we're, I'm following you on my personal account. We're, we, in fact, we're stalking you. We're stalking you. <laughs> I um, love it. You've got, <laughs> everybody you've, wants to be stalked by the Hagmans. Come on. <laughs> you, you've got so much, so much good to say. We only have, uh, about four and a half minutes left, uh, before we have to cut away to the State of the Union. Uh, closing thoughts, closing comments, anything closing you want to promote. Okay, I'll talk about something that's not talked about, and that is um, Syria. I have a lot of guests that are on the ground in Syria, and they tell a whole different story. We have to stop believing the media and say that they, they lie in domestic matters, but in foreign matters they always tell the truth. A madman that gasses his people doesn't stop, and then when it's, I don't know, like a slow news day, all of a sudden he starts gassing again. Mad, mad men don't work that way. He's loved in his country. We have to stop believing carte blanche, the media, and, and, and give them this, this blank check because we're not over there. We don't see, uh, the manipulation of, of the reasons that we're there. And so I believe in a strong military, a family that's military. I believe in defending ourselves. I don't believe in going into a country and taking over the country. And so in Syria, ask yourself this. If he was such a madman and, uh, gassed his people, why were people running to him for safety? And, and, and really, why would you stop and then start again a year later? It, yeah. There's nothing about that that makes sense, and I want people to understand, stop believing them. Because I, I have too many people on my show that talk about Syria, and it's just a completely different story. And look so at the, there's uh, lots the, of that. The gas attacks that were blamed on Assad that <laughs> later, you know, point to, uh, you know, the ISIS and, and others, uh, but, you know, the mainstream media will never back off this. They even tried to get Trump to launch a strike, mm-hmm. which he did launch against the, the airfield. But they tried right. to get him to go much further than that, and I don't know. I thought he. But but, 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 but what we're seeing here, to me, in my view, this is the legend of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton during her tenure as Secretary of State. And Obama. He's out, and the funding stops. Right. Yeah. Yep. Building this crap library. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. And I hope people see that for what it is and stop just believing what they see. Because they like to send out emotional driven pictures and that's not, that doesn't represent what's actually going on there. The people that are really wanting their country back. Exactly. Kate, we thank you so very much for your gracious gift of time coming on today. We know you're busy. Um, folks are, I mean, she's being syndicated all over the planet. Um, from, you know, everywhere. Uh, you what a just, blessing, right? We get oh, to do what we get to do. So fun. Absolutely. I love um, Tell the so you're you're growing into like uh, I don't know what you say like three thousand stations all over thirty three more cities and then hopefully off to another hundred more uh, cities uh, large cities and so I'm excited because I, I you know what we have to tell the truth we and do. there's very few media that do and you're the only other one of the only other shows I'll go on because I know you guys will tell the truth and well, it's a uh, boy it's rare these days we must wow. support it. Well, well, thank you, and uh, you've got our support, unconditional support. Uh, you are absolutely fantastic. Your show uh, and everything you stand for, we're, we're behind you. And, again, thank, thank you. you so much for, for coming on tonight. You guys are amazing. Thank you. All right. That was Kate Daly. My goodness, what a, what a gracious woman for coming on. And um, she, her, her, I'm going to tell you, that last Friday's program about the FBI, you, you get to go back and listen to that. What a great um, historical wrap-up of the FBI. And her show, what she said about the Bundys, where, where are you going to hear about that elsewhere?
So yeah, no, she's got a, a great show, and uh, she's been doing this a while. But I, I just say that it's gonna go much further. Oh, if yeah. I had to to guess, so oh, always fun, and, and we love doing her show as well. Now we coming yep. up, we are going to be airing the State of the Union, which is scheduled to start at nine o'clock, and we have a few uh, excerpts of what is going to be said. I'm not going to read them all, but just to give you an idea of what is going to be talked about. Um, apparently, Trump is going to put together, uh, you know, his vision for some of the things he's done and his vision for the future in a uh, reach across the aisle trying to unify the people along these political differences, calling this our new American movement. Now, we're going to stay in the background here. been a time to start living the American dream as we see today. He's going to tout the economy, talk about the uh, immigration debate that's been going on in the country, and much more. We're going to stay on the air, absolutely. We're but going to in be the giving background. commentary where appropriate, if appropriate. I'm not sure if this starts right at nine, so we might come back and, and open it up for a little bit before. Okay, so we will come back and lay this out a little bit more. You're listening to this Tuesday edition of the Hagman Report. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with our third and final hour after this. the 30th day of January. The State of the Union Address by Donald Trump coming right up. Don't forget, folks, a couple of things. Make sure you uh, make sure you send a, an email to Tracy Tracy Beans telling her that... Uh, and, and watch the, the uh, investigative videos that she has done. Incredible stuff. Also, Ted Brower, healthmasters.com, attention factor. Hey, Say, when's it going to be available? Put me on the list. I, I want this stuff. I'm going to tell you, great stuff. Don't forget to support our sponsors, including simplysafe.com slash Hagman, simplysafe.com slash Hagman. And, uh, by the way, the best security system on the market. Um, I even have, uh, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Nope, uh, it's not here. I don't have it right here. Oh, yeah, I do. Hang on. There it is right here. Simplysafe.com slash Hagman. There we go. And also, um, make sure you sign up for the uh, Occupy 2018, CoachDaveLive.com. Sign up there. Let's blow the walls out for that. And uh, I want to, again, thank Eric the Tech for his sound uh, work, as well as thank each and every one of you Patreon uh, members who help us via Patreon, PayPal, uh, U.S. Mail. Thank you so very much. We could not do this without you. And we're going to have one of our Campfire Kitchen Cabinet meetings on Sunday. Come join us, won't you? Uh, that's this coming Sunday. And by the way, I'll be on InfoWars at 2 o'clock on Friday for those who want to uh, watch, bringing a lot of new information there. Don't forget, folks, 9 to 10, Doug Hagman Radio Show, 2 to 3, John and Joe, and the Hagman Daily Show. Also, follow us on BTR. If you listen to us on Global Star or BTR, click the follow button uh, on BTR and listen to our broadcast via BTR or Global Star Radio. The archives are available. Just go to HagmanReport.com, and the shows are right there. It's easy. It's simple. 
And I'll tell you what, you'll be better for it. You will be. Yeah. Come join us. Uh, I'll be back at my regular time at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, so as we wait for the State of the Union address, Joe. Which is uh, going to be starting, according to this, at 9 10. 9 10. So we'll see. You, you know, um, Kate Daly was right, too. And to think of how the State of the Union really started. It's supposed to be just a report, kind of a report to Congress. Then it became this politicized. I didn't know that. You know, I didn't either until I, um, it was earlier, it was late last year, I guess. I was, it was, no, it was actually right after Donald Trump uh, uh, first was inaugurated. I was doing a lot of research on the various parts of government, but very important historical information to really understand. Uh, watch this week, that memo, it is going to, I mean, heads will explode, and they're already exploding, according to Don Lemon. Yeah, uh, and uh, I know that you don't watch CNN too I often. I monitor yeah. CNN all the time, and when Don Lemon is not talking about uh, you know, racism in this country, he is talking about the Russia investigation, and as I said, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS are all, especially CNN and MSNBC, are pushing this Russia investigation and Russia story this week as though there are some kind of breaking developments of evidence and proof that show beyond any shadow of a doubt that there was collusion uh, with Trump and Russia, even throwing up old tapes of Nixon in 1974 comparing Donald Trump uh, at today's State of the Union address to Nixon at his last State of the Union address where he would mention the Watergate investigation. Uh, yes. That is what that. they are trying to say. And but, now, they're, now, now we see... It's bigger than okay, Watergate, though. And it, but this it is what's interesting. Be. Never before have they ever called the Russian investigation the biggest political scandal in American history. But it's so funny, as soon as the memo is voted to be released, I have seen three different shows talk about the Russian investigation as though it were the biggest scandal in American history. These people are getting desperate. It's going to be very, depending on your mood, very frustrating or very fun to watch these next few days and weeks as more information unfolds and as the uh, whenever the IG's report comes out on the mishandling of the Hillary Clinton email investigation and the release of the FISA memo, what we learned about the text messages, um, Judicial Watch. Michael Tom, Horowitz, by the way, will be proved to be a integral part of this, a, a hero, a really law and order guy. Watch Michael Horowitz, his investigative uh, uh, results. Go ahead. Uh, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch did a few YouTube videos today where he talked about the normal procedure. He he is unable to even obtain basic information on the budget of the Robert Mueller investigation as it has come out that Mueller has hired yeah. his 17th prosecutor. And that's the cybersecurity uh, uh, to to really focus on cybersecurity. But but think about that. Tom Fenton did come out. You're right. Mm-hmm. And it's why was he denied? Why did they deny? Because, because it, it could jeopardize an ongoing law enforcement there you investigation. Go. How so? Yeah, that's uh, all right. Hail to the chief! Here comes Donald Trump as uh, entering the uh, the halls of Congress. There yeah. we go. And it's probably going to be a, a few minutes for before he gets to the podium. As uh, there's Melania. Where's the illegals? I read a report on CNN that uh, the In CNN cups, was really right? upset that some congressmen had asked that security check all IDs 
of the people entering the State of the Union address. Uh, honestly, that's uh, racism. <laughs> really, when you in in the um, by the way, do we know who's staying behind? Do we do we know? Do we have so, the, uh, Pence and Ryan stand behind? No, no. Him. Who's staying behind in, oh. in the event of a catastrophic event? Well, Frederica Wilson is one. Well, she, she, yeah. she said it would be humiliating to be seen well, with the president as she has her matching cowboy color hat on. Yeah, uh, I get the humor. No, I, I'm I'm actually asking for the cabinet member who's who's staying behind. Uh, but 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 that but all of that said, um, we are I, I think we are watching history unfold, and we are watching the implosion. And and this this to me this does my heart good. We're watching the implosion. Of the one world, new world, global governance people, um, and arrests will be made, charges will be filed from what will, what's what's coming. And again, everyone here in the studio, don't plan to get much sleep, folks, because it is going. We're going to need you up and upright to really follow what's coming, because it's going to be a week that is going to be a historic week. Um, but, and by the way, uh, we're going to be joined this week by, in addition to Tracy Beans, by Peter Chalka. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, anyway, it's going to be a very historic week for us as well on the Hagman Report. There's Donald Trump right now as he's w- making his way to the the podium. Um, yeah, and today uh, this, the congressman is Paul Gozer. He contacted the U.S. Capitol Police as well as Attorney General Jeff Sessions asking that they consider checking identification of all attending the State of the Union address. Uh, worried about the the lawmakers that are bringing dreamers to the State of the Union. He says uh, those who come to the State of the Union without legal status will be in jeopardy. But I don't know how far. I, I doubt they would do that. I mean, could you imagine the tears from CNN if they deported or, or arrested All right, some illegal who is in the let, let's cut to the let's cut to the full audio here at the uh, Donald President Donald J Trump's uh, State of the Union. Here we go. privilege and the distinct honor of of presenting to you 
the President of the United States. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Vice President, members of Congress, the First Lady of the United States, and my fellow Americans. Let's rock. Less than one year has passed since I first stood at this podium in this majestic chamber to speak on behalf of the American people and to address their concerns, their hopes, and their dreams. That night, our new administration had already taken very swift action. A new tide of optimism was already sweeping across our land. Each day since, we have gone forward with a clear vision and a righteous mission to make America great again for all Americans. Over the last year, we have made incredible progress and achieved extraordinary success. We have faced challenges we expected and others we could never have imagined. We have shared in the heights of victory and the pains of hardship. We have endured floods and fires and storms. But through it all, we have seen the beauty of America's soul and the steel in America's spine. Each test has forged new American heroes to remind us who we are and show us what we can be. We saw the volunteers of the Cajun Navy racing to the rescue with their fishing boats to save people in the aftermath of a totally devastating hurricane. We saw strangers shielding strangers from a hail of gunfire on the Las Vegas Strip. We heard tales of Americans like Coast Guard Petty Officer Ashley Leppard, who is here tonight in the gallery with Melania. Ashley was aboard one of the first helicopters on the scene in Houston during the Hurricane Harvey. Through 18 hours of wind and rain, Ashley braved live power lines and deep water to help save more than 40 lives. Ashley, we all thank you. Thank you very much.
We heard about Americans like firefighter David Dahlberg. He's here with us also. David faced down walls of flame to rescue almost 60 children trapped at a California summer camp threatened by those devastating wildfires. To everyone still recovering in Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, everywhere, we are with you, we love you, and we always will pull through together, always. Thank you to David and the brave people of California. Thank you very much, David. Great job. Some trials over the past year touched this chamber very personally. With us tonight is one of the toughest people ever to serve in this house. A guy who took a bullet, almost died, and was back to work three and a half months later. The legend from Louisiana, Congressman Steve Scalise. I think they like you, Steve. <laughs> We're incredibly grateful for the heroic efforts of the Capitol Police officers, the Alexandria Police, and the doctors, nurses, and paramedics who saved his life and the lives of many others, some in this room. In the aftermath, yes. yes. In the aftermath of that terrible shooting, we came together, not as Republicans or Democrats, but as representatives of the people. But it is not enough to come together only in times of tragedy. Tonight, I call upon all of us to set aside our differences, to seek out common ground, and to summon the unity we need to deliver for the people. This is really the key. These are the people we were elected to serve. Thank you. Over the last year, the world has seen what we always knew that no people on earth are so fearless or daring or determined as Americans. If there is a mountain, we climb it. If there's a frontier, we cross it. If there's a challenge, we tame it. 
If there's an opportunity, we seize it. So let's begin tonight by recognizing that the state of our union is strong because our people are strong. And together, we are building a safe, strong, and proud America. Since the election, we have created 2.4 million new jobs, including including 200,000 new jobs in manufacturing alone. Tremendous number. After years and years of wage stagnation, we are finally seeing rising wages. <laughs> Unemployment claims have hit a 45-year low. And something I'm very proud of, African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. And Hispanic-American unemployment has also reached the lowest levels in history. Small business confidence is at an all-time high. The stock market has smashed one record after another, gaining $8 trillion and more in value in just this short period of time. The great news... The great news for Americans, 401K, retirement, pension, and college savings accounts have gone through the roof. And just as I promised the American people from this podium 11 months ago, we enacted the biggest tax cuts and reforms in American history. Massive tax cuts provide tremendous relief for the middle class and small business to lower tax rates for hardworking Americans. We nearly doubled the standard deduction for everyone. Now the first $24,000 earned by a married couple is completely tax-free.
We also doubled the child tax credit. A typical family of four making $75,000 will see their tax bill reduced by $2,000, slashing their tax bill in half. In April, this will be the last time you will ever file under the old and very broken system, and millions of Americans will have more take-home pay starting next month. A lot more. We eliminated an especially cruel tax that fell mostly on Americans, making less than $50,000 a year, forcing them to pay tremendous penalties simply because they couldn't afford government-ordered health plans. We repealed the core of the disastrous Obamacare. The individual mandate is now gone. Thank We slashed the business tax rate from 35 percent all the way down to 21 percent so American companies can compete and win against anyone else anywhere in the world. These changes alone are estimated to increase average family income by more than $4,000 a lot of money. Small businesses have also received a massive tax cut and can now deduct 20 percent of their business income. Here tonight are Steve Staub and Sandy Keplinger of Staub Manufacturing, a small, beautiful business in Ohio. They've just finished the best year in their 20-year history. Because of tax reform, they are handing out raises, hiring an additional 14 people, and expanding into the building next door. Good feeling. One of Staub's employees, Corey Adams, is also with us tonight. Corey is an all-American worker. He supported himself through high school, lost his job during the 2008 recession, and was later hired by Staub where he trained to become a welder. Like many hardworking Americans, Corey plans to invest his tax cut raise 
into his new home and his two daughters' education. Corey, please stand. And he's a great welder. <laughs> I was told that by the man that owns that company that's doing so well. So congratulations, Corey. Since we passed tax cuts, roughly three million workers have already gotten tax cut bonuses, many of them thousands and thousands of dollars per worker, and it's getting more every month, every week. Apple has just announced it plans to invest a total of $350 billion in America and hire another 20,000 workers. And just a little while ago, ExxonMobil announced a $50 billion investment in the United States. Just a little while ago. This, in fact, is our new American moment. There has never been a better time to start living the American dream. So to every citizen watching at home tonight, no matter where you've been or where you've come from, this is your time. If you work hard, if you believe in yourself, if you believe in America, then you can dream anything. You can be anything. And together, we can achieve absolutely anything. Tonight, I want to talk about what kind of future we're going to have and what kind of a nation we're going to be. All of us together as one team, one people, and one American family can do anything. We all share the same home, the same heart, the same destiny, and the same great American flag. Together, we are rediscovering the American way. In America, we know that faith and family, not government and bureaucracy, are the center of American life. The motto is, In God We Trust.
And we celebrate our police, our military, and our amazing veterans as heroes who deserve our total and unwavering support. Here tonight is Preston Sharp, a 12-year-old boy from Redding, California, who noticed that veterans' graves were not marked with flags on Veterans Day. He decided all by himself to change that and started a movement that has now placed 40,000 flags at the graves of our great heroes. Preston, a job well done. Young patriots like Preston teach all of us about our civic duty as Americans. And I met Preston a little while ago, and he is something very special that I can tell you. Great future. Thank you very much for all you've done, Preston. Thank you very much. <laughs> Preston's reverence for those who have served our nation reminds us of why we salute our flag, why we put our hands on our hearts for the Pledge of Allegiance, and why we proudly stand for the National Anthem. Americans love their country, and they deserve a government that shows them the same love and loyalty in return. For the last year, we have sought to restore the bonds of trust between our citizens and their government. Working with the Senate, we are appointing judges who will interpret the Constitution as written, including a great new Supreme Court justice and more circuit court judges than any new administration in the history of our country. We are totally defending our Second Amendment and have taken historic actions to protect religious liberty. And we are serving our brave veterans, including giving our veterans choice in their health care decisions.
Last year, Congress also passed, and I signed, the landmark VA Accountability Act. Since its passage, my administration has already removed more than 1,500 VA employees who failed to give our veterans the care they deserve. And we are hiring talented people who love our vets as much as we do. not stop until our veterans are properly taken care of, which has been my promise to them from the very beginning of this great journey. All Americans deserve accountability and respect, and that's what we are giving to our wonderful heroes, our veterans. Thank you. So tonight, I call on Congress to empower every Cabinet Secretary with the authority to reward good workers and to remove federal employees who undermine the public trust or fail the American people. In our drive to make Washington accountable, we have eliminated more regulations in our first year than any administration in the history of our country. We have ended the war on American energy, and we have ended the war on beautiful, clean coal. We are now very proudly an exporter of energy to the world. In Detroit, I halted government mandates that crippled America's great, beautiful auto workers so that we can get Motor City revving its engines again. And that's what's happening. Many car companies are now building and expanding plants in the United States, something we haven't seen for decades. Chrysler is moving a major plant from Mexico to Michigan. Toyota and Mazda are opening up a plant in Alabama, a big one, and we haven't seen this in a long time.
It's all coming back. Very soon, auto plants and other plants will be opening up all over our country. This is all news Americans are totally unaccustomed to hearing. For many years, companies and jobs were only leaving us. But now, they are roaring back. They're coming back. They want to be where the action is. They want to be in the United States of America. That's where they want to be. Exciting progress is happening every single day to speed access to breakthrough cures and affordable generic drugs. Last year, the FDA approved more new and generic drugs and medical devices than ever before in our country's history. We also believe that patients with terminal conditions, terminal illness, should have access to experimental treatment immediately that could potentially save their lives. People who are terminally ill should not have to go from country to country to seek a cure. I want to give them a chance right here at home it's time for Congress to give these wonderful, incredible Americans the right to try. One of my greatest priorities is to reduce the price of prescription drugs. In many other countries, these drugs cost far less than what we pay in the United States, and it's very, very unfair. That is why I've directed my administration to make fixing the injustice of high drug prices one of my top priorities for the year. And prices will come down substantially. Watch. America has also finally turned the page on decades of unfair trade deals that sacrificed our prosperity and shipped away our companies, our jobs, and our wealth.
Our nation has lost its wealth, but we're getting it back so fast. The era of economic surrender is totally over. From now on, we expect trading relationships to be fair and, very importantly, reciprocal. We will work to fix bad trade deals and negotiate new ones, and they'll be good ones, but they'll be fair. And we will protect American workers and American intellectual property through strong enforcement of our trade rules. As we rebuild our industries, it is also time to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure. America is a nation of builders. We built the Empire State Building in just one year. Isn't it a disgrace that it can now take 10 years just to get a minor permit approved for the building of a simple road? I am asking both parties to come together to give us safe, fast, reliable, and modern infrastructure that our economy needs and our people deserve. Tonight, I'm calling on Congress to produce a bill that generates at least $1.5 trillion for the new infrastructure investment that our country so desperately needs. Every federal dollar should be leveraged by partnering with state and local governments and, where appropriate, tapping into private sector investment to permanently fix the infrastructure deficit. And we can do it. Any bill must also streamline the permitting and approval process, getting it down to no more than two years and perhaps even one. Together, we can reclaim our great building heritage. We will build gleaming new roads, bridges, highways, railways, and waterways all across our land. And we will do it with American heart, American hands, and American grit. We want every American to know the dignity of a hard day's work. 
We want every child to be safe in their home at night. And we want every citizen to be proud of this land that we all love so much. We can lift our citizens from welfare to work, from dependence to independence, and from poverty to prosperity. As As tax cuts create new jobs, let's invest in workforce development and let's invest in job training, which we need so badly. Let's open great vocational schools so our future workers can learn a craft and realize their full potential. And let's support working families by supporting paid family leave. As America regains its strength, opportunity must be extended to all citizens. That is why this year we will embark on reforming our prisons to help former inmates who have served their time get a second chance at life. Struggling communities, especially immigrant communities, will also be helped by immigration policies that focus on the best interests of American workers and American families. For decades, open borders have allowed drugs and gangs to pour into our most vulnerable communities. They've allowed millions of low-wage workers to compete for jobs and wages against the poorest Americans. Most tragically, they have caused the loss of many innocent lives. Here tonight are two fathers and two mothers, Evelyn Rodriguez, Freddie Cuevas, Elizabeth Alvarado, and Robert Mickens. Their two teenage daughters, Kayla Cuevas and Nisa Mickens, were close friends on Long Island. But in September, 2016, on the eve of Nisa's 16th birthday, such a happy time it should have been, neither of them came home. These two precious girls were brutally murdered while walking together in their hometown. Six members of the savage MS-13 gang have been charged with Kayla and Nisa's murders. Many of these gang members took advantage of glaring loopholes in our laws to enter the country as illegal, unaccompanied, alien minors and wound up in Kayla and Nisa's high school. Evelyn, Elizabeth, Freddie, and Robert, tonight everyone in this chamber is praying for you. 
Everyone in America is grieving for you. Please stand. Thank you very much. I want you to know that 320 million hearts are right now breaking for you. We love you. Thank you. Well, we cannot imagine the depths of that kind of sorrow. We can make sure that other families never have to endure this kind of pain. Tonight, I am calling on Congress to finally close the deadly loopholes that have allowed MS-13 and other criminal gangs to break into our country. We have proposed new legislation that will fix our immigration laws and support our ICE and Border Patrol agents. These are great people. These are great, great people that work so hard in the midst of such danger so that this can never happen again. The United States is a compassionate nation. We are proud that we do more than any other country anywhere in the world to help the needy, the struggling, and the underprivileged all over the world. But as President of the United States, my highest loyalty, my greatest compassion, my constant concern is for America's children, America's struggling workers, and America's forgotten communities. I want our youth to grow up to achieve great things. I want our poor to have their chance to rise. So tonight, I am extending an open hand to work with members of both parties, Democrats and Republicans, to protect our citizens of every background, color, religion, and creed. My duty and the sacred duty of every elected official in this chamber is to defend Americans, to protect their safety, their families, their communities, and their right to the American dream, because Americans are dreamers, too.
Here tonight is one leader in the effort to defend our country. Homeland Security Investigation Special Agent Celestino Martinez. He goes by DJ and CJ. He said, call me either one. So we'll call you CJ. Sir, 15 years in the Air Force before becoming an ICE agent and spending the last 15 years fighting gang violence and getting dangerous criminals off of our streets. Tough job. At one point, MS-13 leaders ordered CJ's murder, and they wanted it to happen quickly. But he did not cave to threats or to fear. Last May, he commanded an operation to track down gang members on Long Island. His team has arrested nearly 400, including more than 220 MS-13 gang members. And I have to tell you what the Border Patrol and ICE have done. We have sent thousands and thousands and thousands of MS-13 horrible people out of this country or into our prisons. So I just want to congratulate you, CJ. You're a brave guy. Thank you very much. And I asked CJ, what's the secret? He said, we're just tougher than they are. And I like that answer. <laughs> now let's get Congress to send you and all of the people in this great chamber have to do it. We have no choice. CJ, we're going to send you reinforcements and we're going to send them to you quickly. It's what you need. Over the next few weeks, the House and Senate will be voting on an immigration reform package. In recent months, my administration has met extensively with both Democrats and Republicans to craft a bipartisan approach to immigration reform. Based on these discussions, we presented Congress with a detailed proposal that should be supported by both parties as a fair compromise, one where nobody gets everything they want, but where our country gets the critical reforms it needs and must have. Here are the four pillars of our plan. The first pillar of our framework generously offers a path to citizenship for 1.8 million illegal immigrants who were brought here by their parents at a young age. That covers almost three times more people than the previous administration covered. Under our plan, those who meet education and work requirements and show good moral character will be able to become full citizens of the United States over a 12-year period. 
The second pillar fully secures the border. That means building a great wall on the southern border, and it means hiring more heroes like CJ to keep our communities safe. <laughs> Crucially, our plan closes the terrible loopholes exploited by criminals and terrorists to enter our country. And it finally ends the horrible and dangerous practice of catch and release.